Hi, everybody. This is Ken Wilson. Once upon a time, I broadcast blues hockey. I always listen to Let's Go Blues Radio. It's everything you'll want as a blues fan. Oh, baby. Stop doing those diet or workout fads to lose weight. Use the tried-and-true approach from Rock and That Idea Life that helps you find balance while enjoying food in moderation and nourishing your body. Try the Lean 30 program at rockandthatidealife.com and let today be your last first day of your weight loss journey. When buying or selling your home, you need to feel protected. Realtor Mike Burgoyne not only looks out for your interests, but as a St. Louis area police officer, will make sure you feel safe and well-informed with every decision. Email Mike at strikewithmike.com and start the process today. That's Mike at strikewithmike.com. And now, ladies and gentlemen, somehow, someway, they are celebrating 13 years as the original and longest-running St. Louis Blues Podcast. Are you sure? Like, no one even thought they'd make 13 episodes. I mean, literally, all they talk about is drinking beer and and hockey. It's 13 seasons already? I guess somehow it works. Ladies and gentlemen, ponder, price, and day. This is Let's Go Blues Radio, season 13, and your show starts now. Welcome to episode number four of season 13. This is episode number 430, we're on 435, 135, 435 all time of the often imitated, never duplicated, all the naked ladies in the bathtubs in the St. Louis area just love us to pieces. Special thanks to our sponsors, rockin.idlife.com, strikewithmike.com, and centericeberry.com for once again proudly sponsoring the shoe. Please check them out, uh, and don't forget to check out the uh, t-shirt shop at letsgoblues.com for the very best St. Louis Blues-themed t-shirts at an unbelievably fair price. It is Thursday. I, Kurt, I think there's a shirt idea right yeah. there, a picture. It's like a <laughs> silhouette of a woman in a bathtub holding her phone up, and it just says, Let's Go Blues Radio, even better in the tub. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We, have, we will add that, or something close to it. <laughs> it is Thursday, November 2nd, and we're streaming live right now on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter to interact with the show on the socials. Our handle on all the socials is at LGB Radio. I'm Kurt Price. I'm a co-host for the big show tonight, our Bill Day and Jeff Ponder. The agenda for tonight includes discussion about the up-and-down St. Louis Blues, the offensive, offensive abilities of this team. Uh, social media is rather pissed off. Uh, Ottawa loses the first-round draft pick. We'll talk a little bit about that and uh, what we think about the uh, Edmonton-Calgary Heritage Classic jerseys. And uh, also, uh, Paul Stasny retires. So we'll we'll uh, talk about that for a second. So all that and more on this titillating episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Um, Jeff Ponder, apparently you, sir, still in the Halloween mood, right? Well, we talked about it last week right. that I was supposed to wear this last week, and I totally forgot until the show How do you forget started. David Pumpkin? You were like... You were like, just wear it next week. And I'm like, yeah, why not? It's still pumpkin-y season. It works. Yep. Yeah. You need to ask what I'm you need to ask what I'm doing here. What are you what are you doing here? To do this. <laughs> and it's a it's a visual. <laughs> yeah, for those of you on the podcast, I am wearing my David Pumpkins outfit that I bought this Halloween. That this is my first time wearing it. I literally just opened it this I morning. I thought you would have went with uh, any questions. Any questions? <laughs> Next thing, a podcast and all, it. you can like, yes. the, the visual does nothing for the folks listening. I'd rather do the dance. <laughs> the dance was more fun. 
Uh, no, I uh, uh, I will be wearing this next year. I will have a clean shaven face, and I will have the hair. I'll do the whole thing. So next year, do it in the Let's Go Blues Radio season fourteen around Halloween. You'll see it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you, uh, how was your Halloween, guys? I know Jeff, uh, you uh, dressed up as a character I did not uh, recognize because I haven't seen the show, but many have. Um, Bill just saw the uh, the dress up from me and yes. my wife uh, Jessica. What, what did you think, Bill? How how accurate were we? Very accurate. Very very well done. And uh, you guys you guys would have uh, definitely placed top ten in a uh, uh, costume contest. <clears throat> yes. So I uh, do. <laughs> I ended up not winning, which annoyed me with my work one. Uh, for those that don't know, I was um, Laszlo Cravensworth. My wife was his wife, Nadia, from the show What We Do in the Shadows. Um, I literally got, like, real things put in, like ones that goth kids buy. And I had to use Fix-It-In and, like, put them in. And they, they were, yes, and they were, they looked amazing, but they sucked. I hated literally. wearing them. I had them in all literally. day. Literally. Yeah, yeah. They were not fun to wear all day, um, especially since I work from home, you know. And yeah, yeah, there's a fun, quick story. So uh, the h- adhesive that came with the fangs would not work. So I looked it up. All these goth kids are posted about it. And they were like, hey, hey go to go to Walgreens, get some fix it. Hey, you know what? You so, fix it and you forget it. That's true. <laughs> so, um, hey, I went. <laughs> So I went up there and I'm wearing the whole getup. Like I'm wearing this like steampunk outfit because that's what Laszlo wears on the show. And this lady behind the counter is like, oh, you going to a, a, a costume party? I'm like, no, it's for work. She's like, where do you work? I'm like, oh, I work online. Uh, you know, I work uh, from home. And she's like, you're getting dressed up while you work from home. And I'm like, yeah, there's a costume contest. It's a thing with my job. Everybody's tuning in virtually. So you're just going to sit there dressed like that all day? And I even said, I'm like, lady, I already feel weird about it. Can you just <laughs> ring me out? <laughs> like, this is already awkward. I just want to go. So, but no, I ended up taking second. Mm. And I thought it was BS because the person who won, it was a guy. Him and his wife, his pregnant wife, dressed up as Rihanna from the Super Bowl. And he was the guy in all white, you know, like the white coat on, the white pants, the white hat. And she was wearing the whole red getup that Rihanna wore. And because she was pregnant, she ended up winning. She got... They gave her the win. I'm like, she doesn't even work here. Like, if that guy posed by himself, you wouldn't even know what he was. Does so Jessica work at your work? I was annoyed because Bill even messaged me and said, you need to have Jessica take a picture with you. So yeah. that way you can use right. that. I didn't even think about it. She was already at work. Right. So unfortunate. I lost by one vote. Damn it. One vote. Well, I mean... My, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, I, I know you were really excited about the costume. I know. Hey, second place is fine. Did you? Oh, it's did, fine. I just didn't win anything. Oh, nothing. Oh. <laughs> yeah, for it was it was winner take how all. Many, how many like participants were there? Uh, forty four. Okay. So quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Amy and I. I'm proud of myself for taking no, second. Yeah, that and you did. You awesome. looked. You guys looked really good. I mean, yeah, I, you guys I, nailed I, the costume. I, I, I had never seen the show, and you showed the picture. I'm like, wow, you look. 
I mean, really good, regardless of who you are. It looks really cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, it was funny. My wife posted in a, like a What We Do in the Shadows fan page, and she posted a picture of the two of us. And the first comment that came over right away was, your husband makes an excellent Laszlo. And I was like, you know what? That softens the blow from losing the, the costume contest earlier. Amy and I went to the uh, Costloma Ballroom on Saturday. Uh, they had a big, huge Halloween bash. There were a lot of people there. And there were a ton, everyone's every single person dressed up, right? So, uh, and they had a costume contest, which, you know, I, I knew about the costume contest going in. Didn't, yeah, I, we, I dressed up as Marty McFly from Back to the Future and, and uh, Amy was Jennifer Parker. And the, McFly. but the thing is that, you know, everybody, everybody uses the vest, right? The, 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 the winter vest and the, and the, the jean jacket. Right, and then the, the white shirt with the black checkered lines on it. Uh, I didn't do that. See, I was Marty. Basically, I was Marty when he woke up uh, when Doc calls him. So he's like, he's got these all just got the white shirt on with the black suspenders, and uh, I had the white shoes and everything, the Nikes, but um, and the sunglasses, and I had the driver's license, and I had whatever. But so um, we, look, I, I thought we looked really good. Uh, kind of nailed the look we we're going for. Didn't really think we were going to, I just wanted to dress up as that, you know, but I'm a huge Back to the Future fan. So uh, we went there and we decided, we, we even debated not even walking, you know, because everybody's going to walk through in front of the judges because that 80s band was playing and they, they were the judges. So everybody walks by one at a time, one group at a time, one costume group at a time. And they, they're announced as who they are. They walk across, everyone sees them, the band votes and they get back in line. So uh, we were near the end of the line, decided to walk through and uh, we walked across and everybody was doing something, like a little skit or a little something to try and get, you know, people's attention. So we walked across and uh, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to do. So I, I told him, like, I'm going to go, I'm going to just turn to the band, walk over like 10 feet, walk over to the band at the stage and say, uh, I'm sorry, guys, you're just too darn loud. And then, <laughs> and then get back and then come back and walk I thought you were going to say you went down the line on your hoverboard. <laughs> I do have a hoverboard, um, uh, Back to the Future one, but you know, I, uh, that's part two. So that's yeah, right. this is yeah. part Just, one. It didn't fit the no. character. Either. No, 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 no. If I if I brought that, I'd have looked ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I agree. 100%. So we ended up, and they, and they, they so they, narrowed, they, there were like I don't know, a couple of hundred people, uh, people uh, participating in the walk. Um, not everybody that went there attended. You know, did the walkthrough. And we made the top 20. I was, I was shocked. I was like, oh, I am pumped. But there were a ton of good costumes, too. Um, and uh, made the top 20, so that was cool. We had to walk through again. And, uh, and we did not make the top 10. So, But it was, I was more than happy to make the top 20. Again, didn't win anything like you, Jeff. So <laughs> it was, it was I, yeah, we're both losers. I, I, think, I think if you would have gone with the other line when Marty's you know, playing with Marvin Berry, and yeah. the Starlighters, right? Uh -huh. If you would have gone with, you know, you know that uh, sound you've been looking for, blues riff and B. Yeah. Oh yeah, watch me for the changes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, try to keep up. up. Okay. <laughs> try to keep that. Up. That'd um, be good. That'd be good. Yeah. You should have went as Biff, um, but uh, covered in manure, <laughs> and uh, you could have had um, uh, Amy go as uh, you know somebody who didn't want to be with you. <laughs> I think she goes as that every day. <laughs> yes, that's every day. <laughs> yeah, if I was covered in manure, she would not want to be with me. <laughs> that's <evening>. true. <laughs> uh, Bill, did you do anything festive for Halloween? No, I did absolutely not. 
anything for Halloween. Um, we actually, uh, we were uh, prepared for uh, a decent amount of trick-or-treaters and got seven. Seven. So, and, and my dog seven. tried to eat the first one. So um, I guess I guess you could say I, I dressed up as a handyman because the rest of the night I was uh, installing some uh, retractable uh, baby gates um, so that we can uh, contain them uh, in, in the uh, living room uh, from now on. So Who are you supposed to be? <clears throat> He's the handyman. What's that from? What's that from? That's um, uh, He's the handyman. It's from friends, right? Mm. When Ross just moves in, and they want to—they want him to give money to his retirement party, the the maintenance oh. man's retirement party, the handyman's retirement party. That's right. He wants to. I don't even know who he is. He's the handyman. And then Phoebe did. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <that's right. laughs> yep. Uh, By the way, R.I.P. Yeah. Matthew Perry. No, we found. Yeah, we found that out uh, at Casa Loma when we were there. Uh, Amy saw it on her phone. I was like, "Oh man, what a that puts a downer on the evening." That just sucks. Yeah, so we were too. We were we were out. Um, we do a little cabin trip uh, at Washington State Park with friends every year, and yeah, somebody came running in. We were watching Friday the Thirteenth and taking shots every time somebody got stabbed or uh, or there were boobs on screen, which happens a lot. Don't worry, there were women there too, so it was okay. Don't cancel me. Were there, what, what, um, did any, did any I, of the women actually put their boobs on the screen? No, to they make did you guys drink? That okay. would have been way better. Um, <laughs> But no, somebody came running. We're having a great time with this game. Like, oh, there it is. Shot. You know, and we're having a great time. Then somebody comes in. Actually, it was my wife. She's like, I got really sad news. And we thought she was messing with us. And then she told us. And we're like, oh, that really was sad news. Mm, Debbie Downer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I guess we won't find out for a little while exactly what the cause was. I just said, just drowned in his hot tub for now. Ugh. Mm hmm. Or a jacuzzi really puts it in perspective that I have a hot tub. That could have been me. <laughs> could have been you. You were so you've been so close to close to death so many times, <laughs> so many times. <laughs> it could have been you, Jeff. You have a hot tub. <laughs> I know, I know, man. Oh, Matthew, I feel your pain, oh my buddy. God, you be careful, Jeff. <laughs> Look what happens. Hot tubs are dangerous. Leisure will kill you. <laughs> mm-hmm. We should get the government to regulate these things. Mm-hmm. Oh. Um, or just require neck guards now for everybody that goes into a to a hot tub oh, because of man. one person dying. Oh, that, that's oh, that's that's man. I feel really bad just joking said, about this. Just a flotation <laughs> device that would have been a little better. I, At least it would have been on topic. I, I kind of covered too. Well, this is a hockey show, and we'll talk about it later. Yeah, the neck guards. <laughs> oh man, all of our viewers just went down to zero. Yeah. Damn it, Kurt. Like oh man, what happened? Yes. Kicked uh, kicked uh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, wow was right. Sorry, I, I surprise myself sometimes. That's all right. Uh, yeah, Jeff, you were on the Puck Podcast this week, co-hosting with Doug Stolhand. Is that correct? I see that in our notes. Yes. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, yes. I, I, was that a last second thing? Because uh, you didn't mention that last, last week. Uh, yet, well, I was asked, and it wasn't. I didn't get an official confirmation. I said, yeah, I can do it if you need me. Um, and uh, Doug messaged me, I guess that was Monday, and was like, hey, definitely, if you can come on. I'm like, yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, he's out of town. I think he's in New York with his wife. Uh, I think they're going to the Giants game, maybe. Yeah. Uh, and I think maybe even a Rangers game. But either way, so Doug asked me to fill in. Uh, they use the same platform we do. So it was. it's always kind of fun seeing how other people manage this app. Um, you know, we do it better, of course. 
Um, but yeah, so uh, was on with Doug and had a great time and good show. Obviously, a lot to talk about this week. As stuff we'll mention briefly tonight with. Uh, unfortunately, the death, uh, the Ottawa Senators news, uh, injury news from across the NHL. It was about two, two and a half hour show. So, uh, and I will be back on next week as well. Okay. So, um, if you're wanting to hear me talk about the NHL as a whole, I recommend you tune in to the Puck Podcast, which you should do anyway because they are a good around the horn show. They they talk about everything, so it's always fun to listen to that every week when you want to get your hockey fix. See, we're we're doing this the right way this week because to announce before you go on that you're going yes. to be on. See, last week uh, I was on. Well, I didn't think to announce it at the beginning of the show. Oh my gosh, I should say it at the end because I was on with Randy Molman in the Molehole in St. Louis uh, on the radio on uh, was it last Thursday. Uh, morning yeah so yeah the night the morning after the show <laughs> last week yeah, split, we, should, I completely we, forgot. we make when we make guest appearances we should uh definitely put that at the top yeah, the you would think right that'd be something that we should mention yeah that's what a good good host yeah would do. no it's well that's <laughs> well come on <laughs> i mean when bill day uh uh guest judges over at pts we make sure to always mention that <laughs> Do they even do competitions? I don't know. Guest judge? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> One of the, let's see, where was I? Where was I? I walked into, it wasn't, no, I'm thinking of Carbondale and a, uh, I'm, I'm going to try and keep this socially acceptable. I walked okay, into a club luck. and there was a big, huge table of food. I'm not going to say what kind of food. Okay, now I'm very confused, <laughs> and and uh, I, I shouldn't even tell the story because it's it, I can't say enough of it to make it make sense to people. Um, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you after the show. Yeah. Now, now yeah. I'm afraid this like <laughs> yeah. murderous or something. Did, yeah. Bill knows the story. I think I, I know the story. Yeah. I know the story. And, and, I don't know and why you I should. Tell this. You should stop talking right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, it, Bill, Bill is all over this. Do not talk. Kurt. It was a, it was, it was a very, counsel. it was a very Animal House moment. I'll just say that. Okay, okay. And that, it was, all right, it was humorous. That is as much as you should say on the air. <laughs> it was all right. Was let's funny. move on. Uh, anyway, back to the show. Uh, the official beers of episode number four hundred and thirty-five. Uh, you can follow each of us on the Untapped app. My handle is CPrice12, Jeff's is Ponder 94 and Bill's is Billy Blue Note 33. Uh, I, <laughs> I think Bill should go first because of his <clears throat> comment in the private chat and because that's yes. where we do it. All right. <clears throat> so I had a, a whole thing planned out, but now my mind's not there anymore. So uh, I'll, just, <laughs> I'll just put the beautiful artwork up on the screen. Ooh. I got the Voltron Volume Two. Oh, oh and what is the Volume Two again? It's it another. Is, it's pay it's another yeah, another oh, hazy oh, IPA. Oh. Um, another fruity hazy IPA. Um, this one with uh, Southern Grist out of Nashville. Um, so yeah, my my thing was going to be. Um, uh, a big fan of the series. This is just like the blues, right? Big fan of the series. Had the first one, was disappointed, and uh, not much has changed this season. <laughs> so, I, I nice. okay, it's 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 good, but okay. it's if fun. you're in the mood for an IPA, right? Explain to me this. Riddle me this. Riddle me this. Um, so four hands. Their first one was an IPA. 
mm-hmm. their first of this collab, right? Their their Voltron series. Yeah. The second, second one. There, there's a lot of different kinds of beers, and they're only doing five. They're doing five total. The second one, another fucking IPA. <laughs> Why? Why? I know they've got Absence of Light. They've got uh, Chocolate Milk Stout. They've got a, a few different stout. The, the Fat Elvis. They got a few good stouts right now that they just kind of. But I'm like, man, they could have done a porter. They could have done something dark for the for the cold season. But they did another IPA. Why? I would. We should have somebody from Four Hands on the show and explain what their thought process is for going back to back IPAs without being too critical. <laughs> no, it's Still. it's I, I totally I'm totally hoping for by the time they get to the Black Lion that we're going to have some stout action going on. Right? Black would make sense, right, for a stout or a darker beer, right? Yeah. <sighs> but you would think so. which one's going to be sour? We take a bet. Um, green or yellow? Which one? Well, that was green. Uh, this what, is what? green. Yeah, okay, green the first and one's yellow. yellow. So yeah. done. Yeah. So uh, either I guess it's got to be either the red or the blue. Um, man, I don't know. I go red. I guess red. Yeah. If they do sour at all, I'll go pink. No, pink lion. The princess. The pink when, uniform. <laughs> right. The princess yeah, when she took over for Sven. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, Bill, go go like this, but right in front of your camera for a second. Uh, oh. Bring it back down. In front of your camera. Like right Refocus. in front of your camera. There. No, no. Let's set it there for a there second. Yep. Go. And then bring it back. Bring it back. There you go. It'll refocus. Right, yep. Son of a bitch. Right. Uh, let me just do this. All I night. got you. Oh, you look great. You look great. You're beautiful. You're a beautiful man. All right, Jeff. All what right. You got? Uh, mine is one of my favorites of the season. I figure since I'm David S. Pumpkins tonight. I will be drinking some O'Fallon pumpkin beer, my favorite uh, pumpkin beer that there is. So there's a lot of good ones. Uh, pumpkin comes to mind. Are we giving um, an award away, an award for uh, for the listeners or the watchers, the viewers, who guess how many pumpkins are on your screen right now <laughs> with the beer on the screen? Uh, oh, my goodness. <laughs> I would have to figure that out myself. I have no idea. There's a lot. Um, but, yeah, very good. If, if you find it in stores, you haven't had it yet. Grab it now because they will be off the shelves. Very They'll be off the shelves apparently. Yeah, quicker in Missouri than Illinois. It's got to say, for some reason, like I already went to Deerbergs the other day, and I didn't they'll be here until February. I, I had, <laughs> I'll be going to the the Illinois side then. It was crazy. It was like a good two months after they were gone in St. Louis, so that you could still find it here. I will say, I was at a store in January last, or actually, I guess this year, and and I did see some. I'm like, there was one six pack. I'm like. What did somebody just hide that behind a shelf somewhere and somebody found it and set it out front? Like, I'll take it. Why not? It could have been all right, Curtis. It it could have been um yeah, found it back in the storage room or something. And just just stick it out yeah. there. Yeah. Okay. Uh, some idiot will come by and buy it. Some idiot. <laughs> some basic bitch. So, <laughs> um can you can you see what's written on this mug? Uh no. Okay. I see stars. Yeah, it's, it's got a beer mug and it's got stars. I don't want to tilt it too much. I'll spill it. But uh, this is uh, the Four Hands Chocolate Milk Stout, which is a classic here yeah. in St. Louis from uh, you know another Four Hands beer. Two out of the uh, three tonight are Four Hands. Um, but I also have um, as a pairing some Halloween candy. Mm. So I got I got a Reese's uh, mini Reese's here, and I got a the fun size Hershey, which is not fun size. A fun size would be about three feet long. And uh, and I got a Witch's Brew Kit Kat, which I think is actually like marshmallow flavor, which Ooh, I'm gonna I'm, I'm curious to try that. So mm. 
Is that the is that from the uh, parental um, you know ten percent keep of all the <laughs> candy brought back in? You know, no, I didn't have to do that because I had like half a bowl left over of the candy yeah. I handed out. We had quite a few kids come by, but uh, I always buy a lot of candy because I the worst thing in the world is to run out of candy, right? Yeah, uh, if you got kids, yep. so I, I bought it. I buy. I make sure I have enough, and yeah, I, I actually went through more than I thought and uh, had half a bowl left over. So mm. uh, that's this is from that. Yeah, since since we only had seven, um, I and I bought two. Work? <laughs> two bi- I will be because uh, we bought uh, went to Sam's and got two uh, two mm-hmm. things I, of full size bars. Oh, I was gonna do that. So Sam's, yeah, it's in. I mean, it was cheaper. I was telling Jeff before the show, it's cheaper. Back when we were in Coke, yeah, we'd easily go through two hundred bucks a night with the 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 small stuff yeah. some like 50 bucks for you know last year we got about 25 so we figured eh, that's not too bad of an investment and yeah you spent, got it all left over in Cahokia, you'd spend 200 dollars on candy mm-hmm. are you kidding yeah. me i well it wasn't me. it wasn't me okay that, was, that's, you that is dedication i mean yeah. and so so the kids in your area that did not come to your house they missed out on full-size candy bars and i'm telling you what i mean i i, I assume kids today are like kids when i was a kid that that word spread amongst mm-hmm. the trick-or-treaters oh, yeah. that night when a house was given out full-size candy bars you you talked you see your friends on the street you, you share information hey so-and-so is getting full-size candy bars that's where you go you get the full-size oh, candy. Yeah. it's like it's like a, a networking thing with kids it's very it's very scientific and impressive how kids, yeah. uh, that, that word travels that quick yeah, and it's this year. Like, it was definitely limited to kids in our neighborhood. Like, I, you you haven't been by, by the new house yet, right? So you haven't even Not, seen like how our street is, and it's very hilly. And you, I know about where you live. I know it's a hilly yeah. area. Yeah, but I haven't you, been. You there. even you have to walk down down like on my side of the street. You have to walk down to people's houses from the street. So it's like hills everywhere. And a lot of people don't want to push strollers and, you know, push wagons and stuff that people do on Halloween. So we had a very sparsely attended year this year. Yeah. Well, I, Didn't I mean, help that it was so cold. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, I was actually surprised that some of the kids that came by, there were some kids like in shorts for like costumes and stuff. It was bald. It was like 33 degrees, 34 degrees. Yeah, it, it was, was cold. cold and it was windy. I mean, it worse. Yeah, it was. Uh, okay, so uh, Paul Stasny, former Blue, former Avalanche, former uh, Winnipeg. Uh, last season, uh, he retired from the NHL after 17 seasons. Uh, his uh, last season was uh, nine goals, had nine goals and 22 assists. Played for five teams. Cal- 22 points. 22. Oh, sorry, sorry. Nine goals. And see, when you write stuff down, you, this is this, you, that. So I assumed it was nine goals and 22 assists, nine goals and 22 points. That's why I wrote out. Points. I know you're on points, but I'm like reading fast and I'm like, I'm not used to is like, now I got to do math. Oh, how many assists then? Uh, okay. I think I literally stole that right from, I think ESPN. I know. Some, so I know places all. do that. And I hate that when they do that. I hate it when they go yeah, nine goals like and then points. I mean, just give me the, I don't just give me the goals, assists and points. Do the math for me. Yeah. Give I me agree. the goals. And the assists. Because on the uh, ESPN stats page, NHL stats, they list goals, assists and points. They don't make you do math. They don't make you figure out one of the columns on your own. Why not list assists and points? <laughs> this is a I so Paul Stasty retired. <laughs> you touched on her because this is always like 
bugged me. I don't read. It. I'm like, oh, I, I can't believe they don't list all three. <laughs> he played play wow. for five. Who knew this was going to uh, set Kurt off? This, I mean, <laughs> come on. How hard is it? Played for five teams in his NHL <laughs> career. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche, St. Louis Blues, Winnipeg Jets, Vegas Golden Knights, and the Carolina Canes. Uh, so, uh, you know, and thinking back to when Stasny came to St. Louis, uh, could have been more excited about him coming here. Oh, yeah. But it was kind of, it was a little bit like the Paul Korea thing in a way where everyone's excited that Korea came here, even, but uh, he didn't really have a ton of success here. Uh, I think Stasny, I, I, I'm not looking at his numbers here. And uh, but I always felt like he didn't quite get over the hump here as far as what his expectations were. Would you agree or no? What do you think? How, how would yeah, you uh, I, reflect on his time here? I would say Korea is an unfair um, comparison because Korea was truly at the end of his career. And what? I think people expected him to still be this 40 goal guy. Um, but yeah, unfortunately for Stastny and why he moved on from Colorado was he wanted a pretty good payday, but they kind of knew, okay, he's kind of getting to the end of the prime here. The prime years are gone. Uh, Blues needed a a guy that you could set in as your first-line center. Didn't really work out that way. Plus, you got to figure, and I think that this was the unfair part, um, he was coached by Ken Hitchcock. Uh, It really stymied his offensive creativity, and uh, when he wasn't putting up big numbers – uh, Hitchcock would often put them with I'm drawing blanks on who they were, but I remember multiple times being like, stop putting Stasny with the third line guys, Chris Porter. Like, you, Chris Porter, you know, like names like that. And it's like, okay, this is a guy that he can feed uh, him and Tarasenko never really worked out, which I think was the big hope was that he would have amazing chemistry with Tarasenko. He just didn't. And so once that was dashed, it was, Oh shit! Now what do we do with Paul Stastny? Um, but I still liked him here. I don't. I don't think he was. He didn't live up to the the crazy hype that came with him being a St. Louis guy and him putting up big numbers in Colorado. But I think overall he was he was good here. Um, I just you know he wasn't he wasn't the first line center the Blues were seeking at the time. But at the time he was all that was there, and he just I don't think he fit well in a Hitchcock system. Spent four years with the Blues, um, tallied 56 goals, 175 points. Do the math. Um, <laughs> How many games? Uh, he played in uh, 267 with the Blues. He had 538 games played with Colorado, eight years with them. So, uh, yeah, eight years with Colorado, four with St. Louis, three with Winnipeg, two with Vegas, one with Carolina. He just uh, shortened his uh, tenure with each team as the as he went along, <laughs> right? But yeah, oh, good, nice solid career though. Yeah, no, he did. He had a good career. His exit from the Blues was that that was that Doug Armstrong throwing in the towel moment. Yeah, right. And so that's that's the thing that sticks with me the most. I I do remember the excitement you guys talked about of him coming here. Right? It, it, there was a lot of fanfare around it. Local boy coming home going to be the next big thing didn't quite work out and then you know he was he was serving a uh, you know he was uh, serving a useful role not not what we expected when he got here um at the time he was traded but that that was definitely a sign that uh, we were tossing in the towel that the end of that season two, so. yep yeah, two years later we win the cup after he leaves yeah yep so. mm-hmm. good times 
traded to Winnipeg. I'm trying to remember. Was that just a draft pick they got for him? Mm, I want to say so because it was at the deadline or before the deadline. This is where having a producer would be very nice. Uh, Oh, he had one year left on his contract, was traded. uh, I'm sorry. That's the Knights. Oh, that's right. Uh, He was traded for Eric Foley. Uh, 2018 first round pick, conditional 2020, conditional fourth. Yeah, and uh, and fully um, was concussion ridden and out of never made it. That's first rounder. I'm trying to. Uh, okay, I'll look up who became that first rounder. Right. And wait, wasn't wasn't fully the the subject of eight hours of tape? Yes, that was him. Uh, that's, what <laughs> that's what I thought. He was not impressive because the eight hours of tape that was watched. Yeah. <laughs> was that uh, all it was, was eight hours? Because it yeah. seemed like it was a lot more than that. <laughs> yeah. No, I I was excited about him because he's another Providence guy, right? Like Jake Wallman. Yep. And yeah. Nola Chari. Uh Paul Stasny, the two time jet, actually mentioned Winnipeg as a city and team that helped uh, resurrect the later stages of his career, calling it the best thing that ever happened to him. That's from an article in the Hockey News back in, uh, oh, actually just yesterday. So there you go. Winnipeg rejuvenated his career. It's the best thing that ever happened to him. I'm forever grateful for that. Las Vegas was a blast. Playing with different players, having different coaches, you get to see everything. He does mention St. Louis. (laughs) Just not right there. St. Louis was like the closest group of guys for some reason. All those guys in St. Louis are, are me and my wife's closest friends. We, are, we were all in the same chapter of our lives at that time where everyone just got married. Uh, we got the uh, Blues uh, took on the Flames, beat them 3 nothing, and then we can, uh, and then they went on and had a bad game against Vancouver. And then uh, the game that was just on last night against Colorado. So we can talk about all that and more on the other side of this break. You are listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio. We'll return after these messages. We've all tried a diet or workout fad at one time or another, but it always ends the same, right? We either lose the weight and then get back to our routine, but then put the weight right back on, or it just simply never takes hold. It's time to move into a habit-based program that focuses on organization and simplicity. Rockin' That Idea Life's Lean 30 lays it all out for you with the correct food to eat, how to meal prep, and even sprinkles in plenty of healthy recipes. With Lean 30, you'll get the full ID Life arsenal, including energy for that needed kick, a tasty nourish shake for your needed fiber intake, slim plus to help control your cravings and provide a metabolic boost. Lean capsules help bust those sugar cravings and IED Nutrition gives you the added punch you need that takes the guesswork out of what supplements to take. Join the many who are seeing success and make this your last first day on a new program. Visit rockandthatidealife.com to get started and remember to email Dustin at rockandthatidealife at gmail.com for an extra 10% off exclusively for Let's Go Blues radio listeners. Start your transformation to the confident, vibrant person you've always wanted to be with rockandthatidealife.com. Center Ice Brewery is a beer lover's dream for hockey fans. Based in St. Louis, Missouri, owner Steve Albers has been brewing hockey-themed favorites for thirsty sports fans since 2017. From the Beauty IPA to the Old Arena Lager, a cold, frosty, hockey-themed beer is just what the doctor ordered for hockey fans in St. Louis. Make sure to check your local beer store for Center Ice Brewery beer today. LGB. Let's go beer. 
St. Louis hockey fans know how it takes a reliable captain and a team of hard workers to achieve major goals. As a police officer and a hockey player, realtor Mike Burgoyne would wear the C in any situation. As a leader in the home buying or selling process, Mike has surrounded himself with a team of trustworthy inspectors, lenders, and escrow officers that work together more cohesively than Hall and & Oates. And as a member of many teams in his life, Mike knows the service are first responders, veterans, nurses, teachers, and yes, even you Let's Go Blues Radio listeners provide the community, so he offers special rates to those individuals. Find the value in Mike's leadership and teamwork today by emailing him at mike at strikewithmike.com or calling 314-753-4060. He'll work closely with you and only show you the homes that match your goals. That email again is mike at strikewithmike.com or call him at 314-753-4060 and succeed with your new teammate today. And now, back to Let's Go Blues Radio, the longest running St. Louis Blues podcast with Price, Ponder, and Day. Okay, I think I've got this figured out. It's pretty convoluted. (laughs) Um, And you know what's funny is that I look back at this, and I'm like, I guarantee at the time, we and just like everyone else, the Taki fans in St. Louis, were probably all over this. But because it's like been five years... I don't remember any of this. So, okay. So apparently what happened was the Blues got that first round pick from Winnipeg for Paul Stastny. The Blues then turned around and traded that pick at the draft to the Toronto Maple Leafs uh, because they wanted to trade up. So they traded the number 25, I'm sorry, the number 29 pick. They traded that up with a third round pick so they could pick at number 25. Uh, so they traded up four spots. Do you know who they picked as their first round pick in 2018? They clearly wanted this guy. 2018. Hint, he never played for the Blues. Of course not. Uh, Carrier? No. Uh, another hint. He was traded for a current blue. Uh... Another hint. This current blue... Uh, plays defense. Dominic Bach is the okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the he Justin was then Falk turned trade. the next year turned around for Justin Falk. Yeah. I'm sorry, two years later. Uh, no, one year, two years, two years, two years later. Uh, was... no, one year because it would have been okay. I'm so sorry because that yes, one year later he was traded for Justin Falk. Yeah, so in a way. Paul Stastny got us the Blues' best defenseman right now. In a way. Yeah. And Edmondson. So it was Edmondson and Bach. And Edmondson. And that was it? Edmondson and Bach? Was that it? I forgot. I think so. <clears throat> okay. Now you're going to have me go down another rabbit hole, Kurt. Yeah. P- there, were, there were certain people who were pissed off that we traded Bach away. Yeah. And uh, I remember Carolina saying, what a steal. This kid's going to be a stud. Never even saw NHL yeah. ice. Yeah, and there were people who were mad. And, and oh, well, shouldn't have traded him away. Shouldn't have traded him away. And those yep. people watch eight hours of tape on every eight hours of tape. <laughs> <laughs> Bill's coming out with the fire tonight. I like it. <laughs> well, you know. Speaking of fire. Hey, uh, the Blues hey. put out the fire Whoa. in Calgary <laughs> Thursday, last Thursday night. 
three to nothing versus the Flames. Uh, captain scored a shorthanded goal and a breakaway in this game. A nice puck interception by Sunquist in her own zone. Saucer pass to a breaking Kapanen. Nice shot upper. I think it went upper glove on him. Uh, oh, yep. Uh, it was <laughs> Eric from the uh, yep. <laughs> Teal Town uh, USA podcast. Um, uh, Eric, don't don't listen. I don't know if you heard at the beginning of the show that I co-hosted the Puck Podcast this week. Uh, don't don't listen. I, oh, I didn't say some nice things about oh. the San Jose Sharks. See, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this I, is going to be a rough yeah, year, friend. I hope you're ready Eric, for it. Eric uh, chimed in and said, uh, "So uh, tell me what winning is like." I don't think that you know you should probably go on to another show's podcast and ask that question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're not going to get a whole lot of that here. Yeah, either. We got a few wins, but that's, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they haven't won a game yet. I know, but I, well, Hey, you know, uh, the, there's nothing like coming in dead last the year after Bedard comes into the league. So yeah, right. <laughs> they tried last year. It doesn't, doesn't matter. The Blackhawks will still get the first pick next year. Even if they, you know, cover up a sexual assault, they'll still get it. Yep. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Anyway, uh, this goal was nice, and it was a nice kind of kickoff to the game. I mean, it was halfway through the first, but uh, yeah, it's um, yeah, it, high hopes for this week, right? Like, well, you see this goal and the way they played in the first. I'm like, this is looking pretty good. Yeah, because um, <laughs> they, I mean, they're coming off you know up and down, right, and uh, up and down games. But this, you know, Hofer started this game. Uh, played well, you know, 27. And he needed this game after his first game was uh, was a disaster. So uh, he played very well in this game, 27 saves. Uh, the third youngest blue to record his first career shutout, which was 23 years and 88 days. Um, so the Blues got up 2-0, 13-24 uh, of the first period. Letty scores. <laughs> on a slap shot from the point, uh, the broadcast crew really wanted to give this goal to neighbors so bad. Yeah, and it, and they, well, it, acted like I thought it was, I thought it was funny that later in the second period, Letty get got a shot on goal, and whoever the announcer was, um, wait, was this game nationally yeah, televised? This, this was the local, local. Okay, I was watching the Calgary feed. That's what it was, and uh, the Calgary announcer was like. He's like, and Letty really bidding for his first goal of the season. And I'm like, he scored in the first yeah. period. Yeah. Like, nobody wanted to give that goal yeah. to Letty. And they also said that when Neighbors scored, that it was his first NHL goal. Right. <laughs> Which is like wrong. <laughs> yeah. Kelly <laughs> Kelly said, uh, no. That was, that was Rivers. Rivers yeah. said that. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, no. I was, I'm listening. I'm watching. I'm like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> like, do you guys have, did everybody do acid? Do you not have the, any stats in front of you whatsoever? <laughs> 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 I'm like, that's just, you know, whatever. But maybe a misspeak or what first goal of the, I don't know, the season probably, but, um, St. Louis went up three nothing in the third period. Uh, early in the third, uh, late in the third period, uh, Sunquist uh, shoots it from about 175 feet into the empty net. Uh, all goal scores in this game uh, tallied their first of the season. Uh, Blues had 35 shots on goal. They were 0 for 4 on the power play uh, and two for two on the PK. That was a good effort by the Blues. Obviously, uh, to be fair, at the same time, I thought Calgary was terrible in this game. Uh, they looked bad. Best 
best win of the season for the Blues. They looked great. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I watched the Heritage Classic, which we'll talk about later. And um, Calgary looked awful then too. And I'm just like, maybe I gave the Blues too much credit in that game because Calgary looks like a a dumpster fire. No uh, pun intended. What? I mean, don't get me wrong. The Blues did. They played. I mean, you know, you a team is not playing well, and then the other team should take advantage and beat them. And, and the Blues played well. They own the game. They deserve to win. But uh, yeah, it it and you got to feel bad for a guy like Nazim Kadri. Such a good guy. Right, just had on a bad team right now. This yeah. guy feel bad. Yeah, he's for really him. trying. Yeah, he, right. you know, playing playing well. Yeah, just good guy. Yeah. Hadn't scored a yeah. goal yet. Next time I see him, I'm gonna give him a bottle of water. <laughs> yeah, you should probably just throw it to him, toss it to yeah. him. Was it? Yeah. Was it uh, Letty or Scandella that checked him and he went down and, and the shoulder kind of grazed his chin or something? He went down holding his face and he was all pissed off. I think it was Scandella. Yeah. Went, went to the bench and slammed his stick, broke it or whatever, and he's all pissed off and. And I think they showed it on the broadcast and they kind of chuckled and said, well, God, he's none too happy. <laughs> yeah. They, they said the same thing on the flames broadcast. Yeah. They were like, well, you can see there, uh, Nazem's not too happy about what's going on right now. And I'm like, serves him right. <laughs> Fuck you. God, I hope you don't win another yeah. game the rest of your career. I think I, I think I took uh, a short, like a, you know, eight second video of that and, and shared it on Twitter. It got hundreds of, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, funny. hundreds of likes. People, people love the Kadri misery. So, oh yeah. Um, so real quick, you mentioned, uh, Hofer, his 27 saves, third youngest blue to record his first career shutout. Uh, first a guy I'll admit, man, every now and then we'll get something like this. And I'm like, I don't know who that is. I've never seen that name in my life. Yves Boulanger. Boulanger. Yves. Yves Boulanger. Have you guys ever heard of him before? He's number one. I have heard of him. 22 years, 162. Never days. seen him play. Yeah. Clearly, Do you know what year no. this happened. And I wrote. I, I mean, I the name sounds here. familiar. I haven't. I've, I've never. I don't. It, Take a shot. What year do you think this happened? Se- Seventy-three, seventy-four. Kurt, I'll say 70, 71. 74, 75 mm, would be the it's year. Go higher. It was on March eleventh, nineteen seventy-five, against the Atlanta Flames, which ah, is kind of funny. Ah. Yep. Yeah. And then uh, the second was Jake Allen at 22 years, 219 days. You want to take a shot at uh, what uh, what year his first shutout was in? Oh, God. Mm. Uh, let's. Two... 87. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, 2014. Okay. Bill? Um. I'm going to go 15. And uh, he just made a very nice save. 2013, Mm -hmm. also in March, March 14, 2013, against the Phoenix Flames. Coyotes. (laughs) Coyotes. <laughs> Phoenix Flames, yes. Bum, bum, Bring that to your next little trivia night, folks. Price is right rules, we would uh, both lose, Bill. Yes. Yep. Both of yeah. Bum, 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 yeah. No, he, he just made a nice save on uh, Jordan Schmaltz. Good. Jordan Schmaltz. Or, um, Nick Schmaltz. Nick, the, Nick Schmaltz. I was going to say, I, Jordan. I knew, podcast I knew you meant. I knew you meant. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, right. good, good. The, the Arizona guy. The Schmaltz guy. Yeah, that guy. Right. The guy who kills the right. for whatever yeah. reason. Right. Him and Kelly. See, yeah. we should never have traded Jake Allen. We wouldn't lose to Arizona. That's oh. true. There you go. 
Uh, is that when we eventually start this "what if" segment, <laughs> we can do a show. What if we never traded Jake Allen? I've got a good one that we need to start with. I was actually going to put it in there for today, but um, yeah, we got too a loaded much show. Today. We got too much show. We always, have a, we always have too much show. We dick around too yeah, much. We do. We do. We do. <laughs> uh, so yeah. Okay. So the 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 Flames game, good solid game, good effort. You know, Blues fans feeling good about you know the way the I I was I mean I was like oh man the defense yeah, has been great. good the defense has been been playing well and we we actually scored a few goals this game uh, the power play still needs work but we're we're getting there and and hey uh, twenty seven shots against that's not bad at all considering no. what we've seen no. and you know like we said that they've been cleaning up the middle a lot not a lot of cross crease passes getting yep. through so and that like you said the offense was pretty potent that was. That was the most offensive pressure we've I mean, seen from the yeah. Blues. And coming off the, the Winnipeg game, I thought they had good pressure in that game at points, too. So I was like, okay, here we go. The offense is going to start clicking. But Well, I mean, the, yeah, yeah, the offensive pressure was good. Still only two five-on-five five goals. But um, so, the, but they looked the, like they could actually contain the puck in the offensive zone for a while at many points in they've this game. They've done that a lot this season and in various times in various games, but they haven't, they're finishing is the problem. They can't fucking finish and shots on goal were a problem for a long time too. They, they, uh, I think maybe they're finally figuring out the shots on goal thing because we'll talk about it in a minute, but, uh, yeah, they were just firing shots on net last game. Yep. Justin Scott says, Hey boys, unfortunate, uh, few performances here recently, but these Fairweather fans still piss me off. We're going to get into that. <laughs> I've, I've got some stuff to talk about after this last game that, uh, I'm still, I mean, you know, Kurt, you mentioned, you commented on Twitter about it. Um, I'm just getting some real fucking morons <laughs> reaching out to me. Well, and it's you, just, you know, I, I buckle up guys, because th- this kind of, this kind of season shouldn't have been surprising, right? This is kind of what no. we expected more or less. Um, hoping for more, but you know, this is, this is not, shouldn't be surprising. Uh, and we got some bad games coming up to talk about sure. here. And like, I'll, I will tell you the same thing I said last week. I have still not gotten angry. Like I've gotten annoyed. Yeah. I got very annoyed in this next game. Um, and then very annoyed at the third yeah. period in the last game. But overall, I still, I don't think I'm going to get angry this year. <laughs> like, I just don't think it's going to happen because my expectations are not high for this team. It's like a, what a parent tells their kids to make them feel worse. It's like, I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed in you. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, how can you get angry when even the GM doesn't expect to get higher than third place? Right. Yeah, right. We're, when that's, we're all, that's what you're shooting our, for. Our, our levels are all set here. <laughs> yeah, right? it, oh, my God. I mean, if. And granted, I mean, so much feedback that you get is on social media. You know, social media is the old sports open line for radio, right? So it's, yep. it's, you, oh, the, I want to say, I'm not sure what you expected for a lot of these fans when after a bad game, uh, they go online like, oh, the season's over. Just trade everybody. I'm like, what? I, what I, <laughs> It's I I I don't know what the whole lashing out and the whole like just the the just elevated and accelerated anger after a loss. It's like just calm down. This don't don't put your every emotion on social media. Uh, yeah, and don't don't well, live and, and die um with this 
team every single night because this team if if you're going to have you're going to you're going to have a heart attack uh mid midseason because you're, you're going to have a all bad, these bad ups year. and downs <laughs> um chances are now they could surprise some people and figure things out what anything sports where you know sports are funny but uh it was a, it's it, it, you should have expected a challenging season and this is kind of what we got so far. So, I mean, it's, you take yep. the good with the bad and you you try and learn from the bad. You analyze the bad and you figure out, okay, you know, who do we need to sit now? Who should play instead? Or who needs to have the minutes cut? Or which guy do we not want to resign? That, you just kind of just put things in your back pocket for when the time comes to make well, moves. Well, I'm already, and I, I know somebody made a comment about it already in our chat here, which is fine. Um but like I, I'm drawing a blank on, it. I can't find it. But oh, here it is uh, from Matthew Carpenter on Facebook. Sadly, I'm already looking at the draft rankings for June. And okay, I get that you're being a little facetious. Facetious. And I know you're being you're being correct too. I know that you probably are because I have as well. Okay, Blues might be drafting in this range. Where could we be? But the people that are on social media that like are just. You know, why am I even watching this team? They're going to finish last. Oh, we're going to pick up this guy in the draft. And it's like, we're eight games into the season. And calm down. And again, if if this team had cup expectations and looked like this, I could understand the the outrage due to shock, right? And, And the unexpectedness of it all. But if you kind of expect this kind of play, then why are you acting outraged? Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, it, 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 I mean, I, I understand like being passionate. Year. Passionate fans, one thing, but control yourself. <laughs> don't, don't go off the handle on social media and say stupid. I saw so many stupid things being said. It's just dumb. Oh, it's just again, dumb. again, I'll get to it later, but I've got some things that were said to me that I'm just like, you gotta be kidding. We're, we're all, are, again, we were in October. Are you talking about, uh, we're in October and you're already saying, are you stuff. talking about, uh, what I responded, then I Tory I backed you up on. Yeah, we'll get we'll get yeah, to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll okay. get to that later. Yeah. Um, okay, so the very, the very next night, back to back games. Uh, first Calgary, then Vancouver. Uh, this was uh, okay. So second game. This was not a good game. I don't. I don't even no. want to break down this game too much because it was just bad from no. start to finish. There's not really a need to. Um, you know, I, the, the defense was porous. Um, they had three other five goals were off the uh, you know, chances in alone uh, from the defense, just not picking guys up, guys sneaking in behind them, uh, not picking guys up on the off wing and breaking in alone. It was just a miserable shit show of a game. Okay, here's the one thing that I'm going to say that maybe you could classify myself as angry about. So going into the Calgary game, and we, we didn't discuss this, uh, Craig Berube decided uh, that Jacob Verana – Right. Was a problem. Uh And Rana was, I think, second in points on the team at the time. Um, He had that, for those that might have missed the game, he had a a late penalty against Winnipeg that the the Jets ended up scoring on. I think it could have gone either way, um, but I think Ruby felt that it was a bad penalty. It was the one where he was uh, trying to basically stay on side and he ended up tripping one of the Jets players in order to do it. It It was a weird play. I. I get why the ref called it, but I think that also could have been something that would have been overlooked. Um, it's one of those arguments anyway. you can make that each player has a right to that ice. And yes, that, that's, yeah, the, that's kind of where you're coming from with that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, agree. Um, so I, you know, so 
he felt that Verona, he's what do he say? He needs to give more. I need to see more from yeah. him. And I thought, okay, that's a weird fucking flex, Baruby, that that's the one guy you're going to single out when you got Kevin Hayes out there looking like he's playing in a pond hockey game. And you've got Tyler Tucker, who I'm sure we'll talk about getting walked every <clears> shift. <throat> like, that's the guy you're going to, okay. Um, so he goes to 11 7. They decide to finally play Perunovic, right? He finally gets some minutes, not a lot, but some minutes. And um, they end up winning. Best game of the season. They looked great. They looked they looked healthy. They looked relaxed at the end of the game. They looked great. So, yeah, guess what? It worked. Kudos, Peruby. Good call. It worked. Then you've got a back-to-back with Vancouver, who Vancouver is kind of on a heater right now. He goes with the same fucking lineup, except the goalie. Yeah. And 11-7 back-to-back nights, you're traveling to, it's a road game, so you're going from Calgary to Vancouver, and you're going to play the same lineup. You could have put Verona back in there, gone with 12 forwards and six defensemen. You could have switched out, uh, put um, uh, Tucker back in if you wanted. You could have done something to just get some fresh legs in there. He goes with the same lineup. And I even said before the game started, I'm like, he is going to regret that. They are going to be tired by the end of the third period. They were tired by the end of the first period. They didn't look like they had legs at all this game. And I'm not going to squarely put that on Baruby. I think the Blues just, it just, they, this was not their game. They got worked all night, especially that first period. But man, like you're going 11 7 back to back games when you've got plenty of guys on the roster, you can make that change. I did not like that call. I thought that was a terrible coaching decision and really left his goalie Bennington to hang out and dry because they did not look ready for this game. Oh no, let's let's be real for a minute. The real mistake was not going with Joel Hofer. He got a shutout the night before. <laughs> Why is he not going back out there? Yeah, just roll the whole lineup back out there. Why not? You know what sucks about uh, it sucks about the Verona sitting Verona is that this team uh this season uh, up to this point, even looking better offensively against Calgary, but still only the two five on five goals. Verona was like up to this point, your most maybe your most dynamic forward, and had yep, created the created the most the shot leader. He was shooting the puck. He was so he and he was maybe your most uh, impressive forward um, to that point, and just in terms of chances and but. Then he sits in because he wants to see more out of him. And then, again, Jeff, that's a fantastic point, to not then put him right back in on the second night of back-to-backs when you could, you know, go back to your traditional, you know, 12-6, right? So uh, it, that made no sense to me. It didn't make any sense to me to sit around in the first place. Um, because, I agree. okay, so uh, this whole, uh, maybe I'm out on an island here. But I think the whole um, this guy is not I, he's not showing enough effort. He's got to sit. And I'm thinking, you know what? Maybe that works with some guys, um, maybe some young kids that would work with. But to just do that with players, uh, what you can't tell me that that's more effective than than pulling a guy into your office while the locker room is full, like after a game, to pull him in, everybody sees him go in, and then the door closes. 
That I mean, that's you can't talk to a guy and and tell him what you want to see out of him, uh, as opposed to just sitting him. Uh, you would think that maybe I don't know, and maybe he has done this. Uh, doesn't act like it, you know, going to the press and saying he's going to see more out of him. But I'm like, I don't know. I, I I'm never a huge fan of sitting a guy unless it's a last resort kind of a thing. Like it's so early in the season to be sitting a guy like Verona who has been creating things, chances. I think if it were 25 games in the season mm. and he's been doing the same things for a while that's taken off Ruby, okay, all right, well, maybe you got to sit him. But it's we're so early in the season, and he's been – he's visually, I thought he's been playing fine. Uh, had the weird – had the penalty that was questionable. Uh, I think we had a turnover in that game too late. Yeah, but, and that was the other thing I think yeah. he – I think it was at least Rutherford pointed to. Yeah. And I'm like – I just how many blues turned the fucking puck over that yeah, game? Why just, is it only Verana? The whole the whole sitting the guy, uh, a dynamically offensive guy when you're offensively challenged is a really. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I, I, there's got to be a better way. There's got to be a better way. Right, and and you know you're you're picking on the one guy who you know didn't last in Detroit because of off ice issues. So let's isolate a guy, right? Let's isolate a guy that's playing decent hockey, right? Had one, you know, semi bad game, at least in your opinion, and and you're going to sit him. That's, that's just a recipe for disaster. There, there, I mean, if you're going to sit guys for having a, uh, maybe a off period or whatever he had, it's like, I mean, you'd be sitting all kinds of guys. I mean, Hayes should never dress at all. Right. Uh, he's, he, that I mean, was he, my point. For, yeah, for every one nice pass he might make, he's on, he makes half a dozen, like, oh man, he turned it over. Oh man, he's lazy. Slow. Oh, he's lackluster. Oh man, he, he, he carried the puck halfway in the zone, did nothing with it. You know, it's like, right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I am thorough so far, and it's a, again, we're still pretty early in the season. Hayes has been one of the most disappointing pickups the Blues have made in a while. Oh uh, yeah, I, I, he hasn't done anything. Uh, yeah, to, he had a he, nice outlet pass uh, last was it last game? I think against Colorado. I think it was a nice pass. Um, maybe. Oh, that was um, that was in the two games ago. The Vancouver game. The, was it the, Vancouver? Game? No, no, it was Colorado. No, no it was Colorado. Led to a goal. Yeah, it led to a it goal. Might have been Calgary. Maybe it was Calgary. Maybe it was Calgary. What? I think it was Calgary. Uh, it was, yes, uh, it was Calgary because uh, I made a comment when I was watching the game that uh, Hayes, if they're going to sit Verona, they need to sit Hayes. And then two minutes later, he made that nice pass to Letty, which led to the goal. <laughs> nice pass, Hayes. Don't ever fucking yeah. do it again. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> no, I, I'm with you, man. Like, listen, I, I had, a, I, well, I don't want to say I had high hopes for Hayes. I thought Hayes a solid third line center for this team. And then I see him this season and I'm like, Oh my God, he's slower than Laterra. Like, and it's fine that he's slow, but like at least again, and and I know I said this a couple weeks ago or last week, Yori Laterra in the right situation is not a bad player. You put him on your third, fourth line. He's a guy that could still put the puck in the net and, and set someone up. He's just slow as molasses. And I thought, if that's what we're getting in Hayes, plus we got size, a guy who'll go into the corners, fight for the puck. That's that's great. That's what we need. And but he's doesn't he's too slow. He can't even get to the corner. By the time he gets to the corner, the play's already gone the other way. It's 10 p.m. 
Do you know where your children are? Not. Don't, don't, don't even shake, close. Don't shake your head at me. You have access to this, too. <laughs> I always forget about it. I, I do, too. I do, too. I need to set an alarm. I used to set an alarm yeah. when I did that. Um, yep. So I, I blame Austin. It's the 1040 it's alarm fault. now. It's the 1040, 1045 alarm now. Yep. Um. So, yeah, 5 nothing loss to Vancouver. Um, Quinn Hughes is becoming a blues killer. Hughes, Hughes scored twice. Uh, first one off the post and in. Second one was banked off of like, Preco's leg as a centering yeah. pass. He kind of fluky. He but had a he had a kind of a breakout series in that in the bubble um, against yeah. the Blues in that tournament. And yeah. it's Horvath like and he's Quinn were yeah total killers in that series. And yeah, Quinn is Quinn Hughes is showing, and all the Hughes boys are having a great start to the season. Don't get me wrong, um, but it's just the Blues. It seems like every time he plays the Blues, he has a career game. He's playing great against us. He has more goals than assists against the Blues, which is the only team in the NHL that he has that stat against. Yeah. So, and he has four goals in his last two games against the Blues. It's pretty damn good. Yeah. And, unfortunately. And the, the frustrating thing is, you know, teams like Vancouver, you know, have guys like them. Buffalo, too. I mean, Buffalo's got some towers as well. But small left-hand shot defensemen who thrive. And we're sitting on Tori. Well, Tori Cruz past his prime, but we're sitting on Scott Perunovich and he can't even scratch this fucking lineup. And that, that frustrates the hell out of me. Give well, him a you chance play to Tucker play. And Scandella, you know, right. they, they right. earn their keep apparently. And no, they're big bodies. They're big yeah. bodies. And Berube is always going to want to go for the big body. And I think that that probably plays into why uh, Hayes doesn't sit in Verona does. Uh, speaking of Krug, uh, the Vancouver's fourth goal, uh, JT Miller scored uh, shorthanded on, on the Blues power play. Uh, uh, awful pass. Absolutely awful pass by Krug. Come out of our own zone on the power play. Intercepted by Pedersen, uh, who was right to him. His pass was oh. right to him. Never saw it coming. Uh, and then the quick pass uh, up to uh, Miller, and then who comes in alone and scores. That was awful. That was... I- Roller hockey, I, bullshit. Sorry, I, I. Uh, so as we're talking about Vancouver, the the game I was watching him, it's in Dallas, just ended. So I was like, oh, you know what? I'll flip it over. Vancouver and San Jose are playing. Seventeen thirty left in the second. Vancouver up five nothing. Good God, mm. San Jose! Just <laughs> can they just forfeit the rest of the year? Wait, holy! Vancouver cow. is beating San Jose five nothing. Yes, and it's, there's, it's barely in the second period. Oh, oh God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Sorry. Didn't mean to interrupt. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Our, God our, awful pass. Our five nothing loss was much better because we <laughs> yeah, spread out right. those five goals over the entire game. That's right. <laughs> oh, man. That's bad. They didn't get their fifth until 635 to go in the third. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Take that, San Jose. Yeah. <laughs> we lose five nothing better than you do. Uh, five five shots again. Uh, five goals against on thirty five shots against, and I mean I'm not gonna go uh, overanalyze these goals against uh, on Bennington, but I don't recall off the top of my head anything that he was necessarily to blame on aside from not coming up with a huge save right on a breakaway. Um, right. Yeah. The, the, the one goal was five hole. Uh, you know those always those always make a goal look bad, even though it might not have been his fault. Um, yeah, I. I don't know. I think, if, if we had been, it just to even be in this game, Bennington may have had to have the game of his life. Yes. 
So, uh, no, because the Blues, mm. they had what was the uh, first period shots 19 to 3 Vancouver. 19 yeah. to Must 3 <laughs> after one period. And I believe two of those were just guys carrying it in and shooting from the blue line as they went for a change. <laughs> like, I mean, that was, I, I think I even said, I think it was the end of the first period. I tweeted out, stay tuned. This may be the Blues' worst game ever. You guys, they it? looked so bad. You they, you didn't pull out your Harry Doyle. Uh, one shot, one shot. That's all we had. One fucking had, shot. We had one goddamn shot. <laughs> one goddamn shot. Can't say goddamn on the air. Uh, who cares? No one's listening. <laughs> uh, who cares? No one's listening. Yeah. Um, no, that was awful. I mean, it, it was literally like the. I don't think the Blues had offensive pressure until halfway through the second period. Like any offensive pressure, they had one. I, I remember one shot coming. From the top of the circles, so I think it was Krug in the first period that was like, okay, that's their best chance so far. Not a good chance, but at least they got a chance. It wasn't just a dump in on net. And then the rest of the period was all Vancouver. I mean, there was nothing from St. Louis to think they even are mentally there. Like they just looked awful in that game. Yeah. And this is a, I mean, you hope that this team's performance in this game doesn't define who they are for the season. Um, I don't like doing that. I don't like taking one game and saying, you know, this is who they are. That's weird to me because why not do that with a great game? Um, but, you know, it's one game. Uh, but with that said, you know, the the defense in this game looked every bit as bad as the Mike Kitchen days. Uh, looked worse than last year, to be honest. Yes, uh, the yeah, defense game was just—I don't know what happened, but they were just off. And Vancouver was on. May, hopefully, it's just one of those games that happen, right? It happens to every team once in a while. You just don't have it at all, and you get wiped. So um, it's just unfortunate to see because we basically—I mean, not in the same breath, but the the Arizona game, like that was just yeah. a couple games before yeah. this, and it was. Okay, that was a pretty goddamn piss poor performance. Like, you're but they've hoping had good games in between for a while. Right. They have, that, which but is really strange. This is seven games in, and we've already had two absolute stinkers. Yeah. That's that's the problem I have with it. We had a good game against Dallas. Had a good game against Calgary. Right. Um, it's I, if, if you will, the rhythm was oh <laughs> good game, bad game. Good game, bad game. But you knew going into the Colorado game that it probably was going to be the first real two bad games in a row. And that's what we got. If you guys want to take a segue into the next part. Let's do it. Segue. Next part. After traveling for a few days, after traveling home for a few days, the Blues did uh, went back to Colorado to finish the road stand. Um, road trip. Yeah, I know. Road, road stand. You, you are road stand. <laughs> I have road trip. That's, I, don't know I copied and pasted it. And you see a road Really? You have a road trip? That's mine, the first road is, stand in history. Why the hell is road trip? How did you change it? You, you tell me. You had, you had no, I did not. <laughs> All right. My copy says road stand. Um, I like road stand. I kind of like that, actually. Are they selling fruit? Like Corn? <laughs> something by the side of the road? I kind of like a road stand. Like a home stand? What are they called a road stand? Because you're not standing, you're moving. <laughs> well, yeah, okay. 
Uh, Blues lost the game four to one and have now lost three of four. Uh, Bennington wasn't was back in net for the Blues. Uh, Ivan Prozvetov Prozvetov was uh, who was claimed off waivers from the uh, Arizona Coyotes on uh, October 9th, made 27 saves in his first start with Colorado. This was his 12th career NHL start. Um, Colorado had Colorado had been shut out in their previous two games, both four nothing losses, uh, one to Pittsburgh, one to Buffalo. Both on the road, uh, the Avs had set an initial record by winning 15 straight games on the road before losing in Pittsburgh and Buffalo, of all teams. Uh, Buffalo is only a 500 team right now, and Pittsburgh is dead last in the Metro Division. Question for you guys before we get into this game. Should winning streaks carry over from season to season? Because, just for you know, a counter, players' point streaks don't carry over from season to season. So, I will answer that by saying no. It should not carry over because players' point streaks don't. I think players' point streaks should. Me too. Uh, Alex Ovechkin has actually scored 50 goals in 50 games. If you go back a couple seasons, he did it between um, two seasons, but they don't count that. Um, And uh, um, so, um, yeah, they don't count that. So I feel like if, if they did, then I'm totally cool because, yeah, it does seem like they do that. Oh, yeah, the last, uh, you know, 20 games, uh, they've gone 19-0-1, but it's spread across two seasons, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Like, you don't do that with the players' individual stats. Why do you do that with the teams? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Yeah. Well, okay, I'm glad you agree. Yeah, I think think it should, but since they don't do it with with the players individually, they shouldn't do it with the teams. I, I I agree with you, but I don't have like strong convictions of it. It's like I, I was like, yeah, I'd I'd side with that. I'd side with you. Good. But I wouldn't back you up in a fight. <laughs> oh, well, I can handle my own. Don't worry. I would I would cast a private ballot, a secret ballot in your favor. <laughs> um all right. So and I don't I don't okay. I thought the first two periods of this game, I the blues played pretty well. Yes. Uh Especially compared to how they played at times this season, most notably last game uh, against Vancouver. Yes, they had some hiccups, a couple of bad ones, right, defensively. Uh, but they looked mostly good against a very good Avs team in their building through two periods. They skated with Colorado. They were right with them in shots on net. They had zone time. It was a fairly even game through two periods, down by one, trailing two to one, going into the third. Uh, the difference being Colorado converting on a couple of chances where St. Louis hadn't. Uh, Colorado had the edge, I'd say, in the first two periods, but it wasn't by a lot. It was fairly close, um, I thought, as far as the play goes. Um, but, uh, but yeah, in the third period was a different story. Uh, third, Colorado outplayed the Blues in the third, and the Blues didn't really mount too much of a, an attack. Um, offensively, the same vibe as most of the other games this season the Blues have played. Um, they just can't generate enough quality chances compared to the opponent. And when they yep. do, they can't convert enough of them. Uh, their offensive shortcomings are glaring. And it's taking away from the other things they're doing fairly well on the ice uh, that people aren't noticing because we're simply not scoring any goals and we're looking so bad offensively. So the thought is just trash on everyone. If if you if the Blues, oh, what was the Blues last night? Oh, they lost 4-1. to one. Oh, God, they are. And the, the whole team sucks. It's like, mm-hmm. well, okay. I mean, 
if you didn't watch the game and if you you should you should watch the game but if you yeah so because offensively they're terrible it's like a flip-flop a little bit from last season offensively they weren't great last season either but but the defense was horrible last season but now it's the offense that's horrible and the defense is actually respectable on most nights right. um yeah so yeah i i agree that um you know, uh, the the goal that uh, Tyler Tucker was beat for was, oh, God. Uh, but I mean, outside of that, uh, Justin Scott said it here, Colorado was getting worked for the first seven minutes in the first, then Tucker get beat and they get a high stick goal, which we'll talk about that too. But yeah, I, um, I thought I was like, the blues look good in this game. And I even yeah. said that after the second period, I was like, I like their game through two periods. Yeah. They went down two nothing, but I thought they looked good. Um, they, they got some chances. And again, in a season like this, I'm not expecting them to win that game. Like, I'm not like, you know, two years ago, I would have been like, you got to fucking capitalize. You got to win this game. I'm looking at it. Like if they can get to overtime or if they can even just look good in a two, one loss, I'm walking out of that game with a smile on my face. Um, but yeah, like you said, man, they had chances. They just could not convert. They even had chances where they, um, they were uh they had they had good offensive zone pressure but they just could not convert when they had those chances and the difference between a good team and a mediocre or bad team the good teams are going to convert on those chances yeah. and that's exactly what colorado did and i'm going to stress it again is that when you're not scoring the general consensus from a lot of fans is that the whole team is terrible and you know with that's you know that I, that's not really fair to the other aspects of of this team. Um, what are you doing? I'm screwing everything <laughs> I, up here. I changed it. Leave it. There leave it. we go. There you go. I, I fixed it once. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, but so you know, I, so I think the offense. If you're terrible, I, the same thing last season. Um, although you know, if you're terrible. If you're terrible defensively, your offense can hide that and mask that, right? Because if you if you win games five four, you know, or five three, and you're scoring a ton of goals, um, then your defensive problems are kind of you know hidden. Um, but right now, you can't you can't do that. You're losing games three four to one, and you know your defense is playing okay, you know, decent enough, but uh, some and most on most shifts. But if you're not scoring, you're going to lose. So I mean, yep. It's uh, and so th- I think that kind of makes the whole team look worse. Um, and five on five in this game, uh, Colorado had uh, 14 high danger chances four in the first, four in the second, six in the third. St. Louis had six high danger chances, two in each period. Uh, Colorado had 28 five on five scoring chances overall to St. Louis's 18. I think the the one thing offensively at five on five in this game was that they uh, they were noticeably better was was getting the puck to the net. Right. They were they were shooting from more angles from farther out, uh, getting more pucks on net because they were just getting outshot uh, almost every game of the season. Well, so and I, I feel it was like good. To, it was good to see been, them get pucks on net. Uh, yeah, put more this, towards the net. I, I, th- I think this was something that maybe was a bit of a scouting report on this young goalie was let's get some pucks on net. He's going to give up some rebounds. Let's get some guys crashing and let's create some chances that way. That's something we haven't done this season a whole lot. So let's do it. And that's what they were doing. And I did, again, that's why I liked their game. I thought they came out uh, looking very good in this game. I thought, again, if they come out 
down 2-1 through the second period. I'm like, that's great. Go into the third. You can still win this thing. So yeah. it was uh, it was an exciting game for me, and I, I love the way they looked. It, oh. and, and we'll talk about it, but the third period was just a fucking collapse. When Thomas scored. Yeah, you got a big fist bump and a yell out of me when Thomas scored. Oh, me too. Yeah, me too. Because because it was like you had to score the next goal. You couldn't go down three nothing, right? Yeah. Um, so the the next goal, I mean, you you you're out of the game completely if it's three nothing, or you're right back in it with the next goal. So the next goal is huge, and Thomas gets it late in the second. So you should have ideally, or you think, momentum going into the third, right? The old traditional, hey, we score late in the period, momentum going into the third. Uh, but you know, Colorado, you know. Scorters early in the third, and that was that was almost it. So, um, Justin Scott has a couple comments to kind of back up what you said earlier about um, you know everybody just kind of getting lumped in for being terrible. Uh, he says Thomas Bucci and Capitan were a very consistent line all night, uh, and then he said Thomas and his line were arguably the best players on the ice, and they get lumped into being terrible. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. Um, Thomas was the one that scored the goal, but I said this. And I, I believe it. If, if you remember what I said uh, to start the year, I thought of the three reclamation projects, uh, Kapanen was the one that I was kind of low on. And I'm like, eh, I, if you're going to go into the, if you're going to make a playoff race, you need to get somebody better in your top six than Kapanen. I think Kapanen's been their best forward all year. He's been, he's been great. He's been good. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's been dynamic. He's, he's got speed and actually handles the puck when he gets it. Unlike yeah. Jordan Cairo, who's got speed, but zero puck handling ability. Uh, Baruby said after the game, uh, we made two bad puck decisions in the third period. It cost us the game. That's basically what it boils down to. I didn't like this because it <laughs> totally ignores Tucker's horrible play on defense. Uh, for that first goal against wasn't just that goal. He got burned the yeah, same he, way again later on. Yeah. When he's and, getting burned to the outside like that, that is a bad sign. You can't get burned to the outside. Good Lord. Right. And you know, the, the, the first goal, maybe you guys talked about it, um, but he was covering for Krug. He, he was the right-handed defenseman on that play or the, the right-sided defenseman, and he came across to cover, and he just got smoked. He took right? a bad he, angle. He got walked. He yeah, took a he bad took angle. A terrible he, tried, angle. Tried, to, he, tried to stick check. And, tried to skate with yeah. him, and I'm yeah. like, just rub him out. Don't try and stick skate with him. And and all of a sudden, uh, who was it? I forget it was. Just sweeps the puck forward, and boom, he's by him. Russ Colton. Like, Russ, yeah, and it was like, I'm like, yeah, you missed your chance. You know, you, you didn't take the right angle and you could have rubbed him out and you didn't. And there's by you. Yeah. Yep. So and and Paul Bissonette roasted him for that. He should have. Yeah. Um, should have. In, in the uh, intermission. And he was hundred percent right. Um, he said, you know, basically like he feels like he could be playing D for the blues right now, the way they look. And he specifically called out that play. And uh, that's a dumb comment, like, but I get what he's saying. Yeah. No, I, yeah, I'm with him because I said that, I think I said the exact same thing to my wife. I'm like, it's like Shit, I could have done that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, no, he no, he could not have played defense. <laughs> he could barely play when he was in the <laughs> Um, but but yeah, I I just I did not. I mean, again, you're getting beat to the outside like that, and again, it happened in the third period. He somebody came in on his right on his on the right side for him. And they beat him to the outside. They just did the um, the the arm up sweep with one stick, went right by him, just cruised right by him. And I'm like, when you're getting beat that bad, I mean, 
I can't remember. And actually, I was trying to think of this earlier. The last time I remember a defenseman on the Blues just flat out getting walked consistently because it happened against Arizona, too, on that one goal. And it's happened a couple other times that Bennington's had to come up big on. This is going to sound crazy. Eric Weinrich at the end of his career here in St. Louis. Yeah. (laughs) Eric Weinrich, when he came here, he was great. Don't get me wrong. I loved him. But, man, at the end of his tenure, he did not have the legs to play in the NHL. And I remember him just consistently getting walked and being like, oh, my God, why is this guy still playing? And I, Tucker's a young kid. They got to do something with him because right now, I'm sorry, he does not belong playing in the NHL. They have got to get him some conditioning down in the AHL and get him to learn how to skate with some of these quick NHL players because he just does not have the speed and he's too clunky of a skater. He just doesn't look comfortable in his skates. I hate to be an I told you so to everyone. <laughs> but before that, when Tucker, when it was when it was uh, posted that and announced that Tucker was making the, you know, the, the ro- opening night roster and uh, Prunovich and uh, Rosen was being sent down and Prunovich was not being dressed. I was like, what what is the infatuation with Tucker? I don't I mean aside from his size, I don't get it. I've never but, seen anything in him that aside from him being big, I've never seen anything that warrants him starting over a couple other guys and on that third pairing. He was our leading goal scorer for five periods <laughs> to the end of the season, Kurt. <laughs> That's true. No, and I'll say, man, I mean, I, I made a comment that you gotta put anybody else in there right now. And and uh and I even said, you know. Portuzo and Perunovic are just sitting in the press box right now. And I had somebody say, Portuzo, come on. And I'm like, when was the last time you remember Portuzo actually getting walked? Like, listen, you can say what you want about Robert Portuzo. He doesn't get walked because he still plays good positional hockey. He just doesn't, he doesn't have the foot speed to keep up with the offense. And he's a little slow getting back too, but he's not getting flat out walked like Tucker is. Tucker when you're again, when you're getting walked like that, you don't belong in the NHL. You shouldn't be right. playing. And they've they've got they need to come to their senses soon, right? It's a whole hell of a lot smaller of a sample size, but I've got these very bad, you know, give them as many chances as possible vibe like Jake Allen had over the course Oof. of his career here. But it's it's he had he had a good rookie season, but he's getting exploited in his second year. Tell him he's got to learn. Send him down. Do you know who had a great season last season? Rosen. Mm -hmm. Rosen had a great season last season. He's nowhere to be found. No, back in the A. Right. It's like what I I don't understand. And listen, I understand. I've said on this show before, like I. The, the story behind Tyler Tucker is amazing. The fact he's a seventh-round pick and he was not supposed to ever play on the NHL and good for him for making it this far. And I hope he goes – and again, I just this I think this is just a situation where you just got to send him down and teach him better positional hockey and get him to learn the speed of the AHL a little better. Because the AHL is a pretty damn quick league too. Well. Get him you, you, some time down there. Bring him back up later and see how he does. Yeah, but you can't you can't coach speed. You can you can coach how to play against speed, but you can't make him faster. He's I know. What I'm saying is Robert Bortuzzo is not a fast no. skater. He's not getting walked to the outside constantly. Uh, Gresky mentioned that he thought Bennington should have had the shot 
that uh, came after Tucker was walked uh, because it was fluttering. He said it wasn't a it wasn't a a fast shot. It was fluttering. So your thoughts on uh, Wayne Gretzky's analysis of that goal that Bennington probably should have had it. I really can't argue with Wayne Gretzky, but I will. But Bill, uh, you're the goalie guy. Go ahead. Is this uh, <laughs> yeah. something that Bennington should have had? You know, I I think if he's I I think somebody called it out. I don't know if it was Gretz or uh, Anson Carter, but somebody called it out that you know Bennington probably slid a little too far off to the left. Um, you know, thinking that uh, his defenseman was going to cut him and uh, gave up the angle a little bit much. But, I mean, fluttering shot is a lucky shot, right? I Just watching the Arizona and uh, Montreal game right now, and Logan Krause scores, you know, with like 15 seconds left in the period on a fanned one-timer that fluttered over Jake Allen's blocker, right? It's It's kind of fluky. All of that blame for that first goal is is Tyler Tucker and Tory Krug for pinching at the wrong time and getting chipped. Uh, it's the that that goal is on the D to me. So I think I think um, fluttering shot or not, uh, obviously didn't catch the way he wanted to, but uh, quick shot where he's reaching, you know, it might flutter, whatever. But it's, it was so well placed, right? Uh, whether it's on purpose or not, right. you know, just over the, the pad, hit the post and in. You know, it's like that's a that's a perfect shot. I mean, he's coming in at an angle too. Um, I'd love to see the camera angle from behind uh, the shooter to see exactly how Bennington was on his angle. You know, he 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 may have been off his angle here. I mean, that's that's quite possible. But and also the flutter, you know, a slower shot, a slower fluttering shot, sure. we'll gives you, you more up. time to to come off your angle. Right. It, True. Uh, well, and that, I mean, sometimes those, uh, those partially fanned on shots are the hardest ones, like that chance that Keller had to land alone on, uh, on Hofer, where Hofer yeah. comes in, he, he goes, he goes, he picks his, lifts his pad off the ice, thinking that Keller's going to roof it, and he whiffed on it, and it slides under his pad and in the net. And it's yep. like, I mean, sometimes those whiff shots are, you know, or those knucklers that, that don't do what the shooter necessarily wants them to do, is that those are the toughest ones to stop because they're not doing what you would expect. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I thought it was I, a harsh, I, harsh criticism. I, I agree. Um, again, I, I don't want to argue with the greatest player of all time, but um, I, I do think with he's the way that, where the she, <laughs> yeah, where the shot went, uh, holy cow, that is um, again off the post and in from that angle, you're not placing that any better. It's um, tough. And I, I, mean, I think, I think that Bennington played that. Again, maybe he was off his angle a little bit, but he played it to where he was trying to take down the angle. And if, again, that's a great shot to just tuck it in right there next to the post. If you're forcing a player to to put the puck off the post and in, your angle can't be that bad. Uh, so, I mean, all right. So, um, I don't know. And, and a play I didn't like in this game, and maybe it's because we like to pick on Scandella. Um, second goal, right? First period. Uh, Scandella was, uh, and I didn't see anybody really talk about this. And I watched the replay and Scandella was deked on this. He was faked out on this play. So on the PK, uh, five minutes after the first goal, Scandella thought Rantanen on the far side was going to pass from the top of the circle to McKinnon at the point. So Scandella, who is in the shooting lane when Rantanen has the puck, he leaves the shooting lane just and, and shades over 
to cover McKinnon. And then Rantanen just boop, bolts up the middle right where uh, Scandella was covering. And then Scandella can't get back to stick check before the shot gets off. And then it goes through two, uh, a two-player screen and, and past Bennington, upper glove. And also on that play, uh, I think uh, Korak was saying two two uh, players were in front of the net, no yeah. one there to clear him away. Well, yeah, well, Pareko was there. He was on both those players. But as soon as the shot was was being let go, he backs off those two players, I assume, to let Bennington try and see the shot better. Yeah. But there was two yeah. still two players there. Yep. So I thought that was kind of a a, a a bad sequence. I thought Scandella was faked out, uh, guessed wrong, and then uh, it, it, it let Rantanen walk in, and then Pareko, Kurt, you try to clear the crease, just left the two players in front. You, you made me uh, a happy man tonight because that was the same thing I did. I thought, I'm just picking on Scandella here. Like, I'm... I need to relax. Like I was, I was getting ready to tweet something out. Like Jesus Christ, why is Scandella still on the ice? And but I was like, you know what? That that was probably more Pareko letting those two guys stand there. But hearing you say that, I'm like, God damn it, that's exactly what I thought too. Yeah, and I, I don't yeah, know what he was doing. I mean, he why? did. He gave him the shooting lane. Yeah, like he, let, he gave it he, up. Yeah, and and I uh, I don't remember who it was. There was already somebody that was kind of in the slot close to McKinnon, uh, one of the forwards. <clears throat> And and I'm like, you gotta you gotta trust that your forward's gonna lift a stick if a pass gets through there. So you gotta take the shooting lane because you know Rantanen can tuck it anywhere on that net. You gotta take that shooting lane and don't let him have it. And then, like you said, perfect storm of shit with Colton Pareko. Just whoop. Let me just whoop. Back go off, ahead. Backed off. Yeah. Which yeah. which I get. I get if there's no one else there. You know, let your goalie see the shot. Perfectly fine from that distance. But there were two players there. So if anything, stay there, try and push him out of the way, and create a third body to try and block a puck or something. I don't know. The puck uh, I would... has a lot less opportunity to get through three people than two. Right. Or, right. or you can just stay there and try and block it. Right. right. And so. right. And and that's exactly what he should have done. The the yeah. I I thought you know Pareko's had a very strong year. I'm loving the season. Previous yeah. season. fantastic. Yep. He was awful in the third period in this game. Yes, the, the first and third periods of this game, I thought. Um, Scandella hung him out to dry with the, the bad coverage there. But anytime you have a, a you know, a, a double eye formation in front of your goalie, you're <laughs> you're you done something wrong. Right. And that that just that absolutely infuriated me uh, seeing that. And, um, you know, later on, we'll, we'll talk about it, uh, but uh, Pareko uh, coverage on the uh, Bowen Byram goal. Let's go ahead and talk about he, it. He, he, it was like it was a computer glitch. And he he <laughs> stuck to the boards and let McKinnon peel off of him. There's a turnover, and yep. McKinnon's got an easy pass across the slot. Yeah, and he was real like, late what, coming off the boards. Real what, late. What are you doing? What, yeah, I know. Was that there, was a was controller broke moment. There? Right. <laughs> it was terrible. Yeah, that was uh, that was bad. And and I mean to add on to that, um Shen's fucking turnover. Oh, that was I, terrible. What are you doing? Man? I, You're throwing I, it right back into well, the mix. What are you doing? I, I watched this a number of times. I was and it, the camera like changes camera angles, like right in the middle of that turnover. And I couldn't really tell if he went to went to pass and he got stick checked at the same time, or if it was a wild 
uh, wild pass back that was intercepted. I couldn't tell how much uh, Colorado affected that 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 pass. I don't but think either Colorado. Way, bad. I don't think Colorado affected it at all. I think what he was trying to do was he was trying to lift it over their heads into the neutral zone, okay, and he fine. just put it on the ground. He missed it, misplayed it, and it's like, dude, that late in a game, he had that. There was nobody behind the net. Throw it around behind, like. Don't go right back where that where everybody was converging, and he just he gave that right to McKinnon, and I'm like, and man, this this was the play where I started thinking, oh my god, is this is this the end of Braden Shen? Yeah, because it, man, he's been bad this year. He's been rough, um, and to be honest, he was looking rough last year. Yeah. So I mean, I don't know. I mean, we'll see. Um. Maybe maybe he's hurt too. Maybe he's nursing an injury like uh, like Preko was. Like Preko maybe was for a year and a half. Fuck off! I don't care. Don't play him. Uh, Robert Thomas scored the Blues' only goal late in the second period off the rush, uh, which is how it seems like a lot of our goals were scored. Oh, a beautiful goal! Uh, Received a cross ice pass, cuts to the middle, wrist one upper glove. Nice shot. Uh, it's two to one game going into third. And like I said earlier, you got to feel good about it because it's, I mean, oh, it was, we're skating with Colorado. They were right there and it's two to one game on the road. Yeah. But last you know, game the, of a road trip too. last game of road trip. Yeah. And then they just, yeah. Third period was not good. Um, yeah, they, um, that, that goal was beautiful. It gave you hope and you thought, okay, like again, like go, I said this earlier, but going into the third period, with especially with the power play, they had like a minute six left on their power play or something, and it was like, okay, here we go. Like they got a big goal there at the end. Good chance they don't score early on, but hey, if they get some pressure, they get some momentum. They go, they go. But then that shit third goal came for Colorado, and it was just well, dash that, the hopes. That third goal, um, a minute forty one into the third, Krug and Shen were both uh, puck watching while uh, in the slot as the puck is passed out from behind uh, the end red line back uh, back of the goal to uh, Rantanen, who moved in from the faceoff dot. Both Krug and Shen slid over to cover Rantanen as he came in, leaving uh, Lekkanen alone, all alone by himself in front of that, who receives a pass from Rantanen and uh, puts it by Bennington, makes a little move, puts it by Bennington on the uh, just inside uh, the near post uh, from in tight uh, total Total blown coverage in front of the goal. I don't know. A miscommunication. Obviously, Shen's back there, so he's not he's not a defenseman. But uh yeah, you can't <laughs> you can't have two guys in front to leave a guy coming uh towards the net and leaving one guy all alone. I mean, he's he's gonna get the puck. So well and and I'll say the one good news for me here is that uh Lekkonen's on my uh fantasy team. So I I did appreciate that. But uh no, I uh I was very upset. Uh, with this goal, um, probably as close as I'll get to being angry with yeah, this team. Yeah, me too. Because you had um, the because, momentum, right? Yeah, you had yeah. the momentum. They played fine before this, and then yep. you just have this abortion of a play, and was just, what are which, you fucking doing? You know, and which, and which, okay, so and these, I'll I'll say this about the Blues right now, the game, the teams are gonna get chances. It's professional NHL teams. You're gonna, you cannot play a perfect game. And not give a team any chances. Every team makes mistakes. Every team is gonna miss an assignment here or there. People are gonna spring open. They're good players, right? And they're gonna get really good chances. And they're gonna players. 
and hopefully that during a game it's the it's the team who takes advantage more often of the other team's mistakes who wins the games you got to have the talent you got to have the skill to actually bury your chances when the other team makes a mistake typically if a team's playing really good hockey and they're not making mistakes at that moment in the game typically goals aren't scored unless you're just you make a fantastic amazing play right so it's usually somebody's not quite on their assignment not didn't quite make the best play they could have the other team jumps on it so um and i think i was hoping that this game was going to be that case where you know you had the play with tucker uh where he got walked and you have the play with uh scandel the second goal and pareko uh, the series of unfortunate events right down to lean to a goal and we're trailing two to one going in a third okay two mistakes in the game two bad ones they scored on and then hopefully we can take advantage of some mistakes by colorado in the third and tie it and maybe get the win or go to overtime, get the win, whatever. But, you know, that didn't happen. So I, we, I just want to reiterate that, you know, we're really ripping on them during this game when they really, I thought they played a good game for two or three periods. Uh, most did. They, right? and, and, and we, right. we do see that with teams, you know, yeah. any team, good teams have bad periods. That was the case here. This wasn't a Vancouver or Arizona game where it was just a bad 60 right. minutes. This was a bad third period that led to a loss. Um, and unfortunately, they already given up two goals. So it was just, it, yep. it looks worse than what it was. But yeah, the third period, good God. Uh, they they did not look like a confident team after that power play ended. And then again, with I mean, with the Lekkonen goal coming in so quickly after that power play ended, I think that was just the death nail for the Blues. Just not a good third period. Hopefully, we'll see him bounce back better uh, Friday night. But, um, yeah, that was – I see why people were upset. But at the end of the day, again, I look at this as a bad period from a mediocre hockey team. Yeah. I, I, uh, oh, go ahead. No, I was – I, I say I agree. And I, I – and uh, that, uh, you know, it, it – I think – it does get lost a little bit um, that they did have a good two periods, um, a pretty good two periods. And you can have a good period and still make mistakes too. I mean, that's because that's what happened. So, so Justin Scott says we forgot to cover the shitty. Oh yeah. Stick. Yeah. 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 Uh, so what do you guys think? Was that a goal or not? In, in real time, I thought it was a high stick, but going back and watching and and watching, like Johansson actually does a really good job of waiting and yeah. letting the puck fall low enough that you know, even though his shoulders are slumped, that he it it doesn't touch his stick until it's it's too close to call. Until um, yeah, until they showed that on ice camera from the other end, right? The, yeah. the one that showed like the level at the crossbar, that last view yeah. until they showed that one. I thought that looks high. That looks high. But then they showed that one that was down at below the crossbar level or just, or just at the crossbar level. I was like, Oh man, that looks right at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that, I, I don't know if they can return that. So, well, so Ty goes to the runner, you know, it's, yeah. it's right. it, whatever the goal, whatever the call on the ice was, is what they're going to go with. If it's, if they, really feel like it's uh inconclusive or a tie 
Right. And, and, you know, the, I was thinking, you know, if, if the blues get away with this and, and they get this call, right. We're going to be talking again about how great our video replay team is, but you know what, what they've been used for so far is to counteract bad goals. Yeah. Right. Well, and you know what, um, no harm, no foul because Colorado did not score on the power play after this. Right. So, yeah. But I'll say that this is where, again, and we've, talked about this countless times this is where i have a problem with this rule um i have because there was a lot of people saying oh that's a dumb challenge i think it's a completely warranted challenge sure uh you only have a short amount of time to determine okay should we challenge this or not i think in the moment that's yeah hey that that goal puts us down even more let's let's challenge it's fucking close so but that's where my problem is with this rule is I don't think it was an egregious, okay, they just wanted a timeout, which is what they a lot of times coaches use that for, which is why they put this penalty in place. This was a, this is ticky-tack. It could go either way. We just want to make sure you got the call right. To me, and, and I know that this opens up a whole barn of shit, but to me, it's ridiculous. You get penalized for wanting to make sure that call gets right. Like the fact that the blues had to kill off a penalty after this is bullshit to me. Just totally stupid, stupid rule in the NHL. Yeah. If and- you were just wanting to make sure that's the right call, come on, you shouldn't be penalized for that. It's right. In theory, you get it. You're trying to disincentivize slowing down the game. And that's, that's not what was happening. Right. He, if it's it's a totally legit thing to to call that one right it 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 was i don't know to the naked eye it was i thought better than 50 50 and it, it only took like kurt said that one replay right to to actually see no that, that's that what was, did it for me that was yeah. good right i think i don't have a problem actually okay so I don't think I have a problem with the penalty after a failed challenge only because of the alternatives that would probably be used instead. So if they didn't do that, they would probably go with a system that you had so many challenges in the game, right? Or you say you had, or you had like a, you had one challenge in a game and if you were successful, you got one more. And if you weren't successful, that's all you get. Something like that. So that that I don't like that either, because if you challenge once and lose, and then the refs fuck up a goal later, and then you can't challenge it, and that doesn't seem right to me either, because um, then you're not getting the play right later. So I, I I like having you know the the being able Some to challenge type of and being able to challenge whenever you want. And then be penalized if you're wrong. Um, it it does, like Bill said, de incentivize uh, willy nilly challenges, right? To challenge everything because you don't want to do that, um, and you do want to be sure uh, when you do challenge. Otherwise, you get the penalty. So I, so, I, I don't mind it. I don't mind. I mean, I, just because of I, unless there's a better solution. I, I I propose something in the moment. Like I hadn't thought about this at all before I tweeted this because um, somebody said, you know, what's the alternative to a penalty? Um, something I came up with. Maybe there's a, a maybe there's like a, a waiting period or something. But um, my thought was, how about instead of a penalty for a wasted challenge, the face off after the goal, 
um, is in the is in the defensive zone for the challenging team, and uh, it's in their zone, and then they're only allowed to start with four players, and then they can send out a fifth player as the puck is dropped, because I feel like that is still that still gives an advantage to the of offensive team, and maybe it's like. You have to wait 10 seconds to send your fifth player out or something well, like that. that. I feel like that is already gives complicated it for, for enough people as it is. Yeah, but I don't right. know. I'm just trying to come up with something else because I agree there no, should I, be because because it I was agree. getting ridiculous before they instilled the penalty because yeah. it was like, we want a timeout. Let's just challenge that play. Ha ha goalie interference. That was getting ridiculous too. So this penalty was kind of created to like kind of uh, protect the coaches from themselves. But yeah, for me, it's like, I just, I hate that. That was such a ticky tack call to me. Mm. There shouldn't have been a penalty on the play. It doesn't seem right in this kind of a review to get a penalty because it was so close. Um, yeah. And I, and I'd love to listen to, you know, uh, suggestions like you just says, something else, other ideas. Um, but I, but I think out of the alternatives that I can think of and that they've used in the past um, or that the NFL does, stuff like that, um, I I don't have a problem with this one compared to those. I, I think I like this one out of all of those so far. Not saying it's not a better one, but uh, uh, I haven't I haven't heard it yet. Uh, Justin Scott. Man, Justin Scott's just my friend today. He's uh, loving. <laughs> <laughs> they, uh, him and Ken Morris had a really good discussion going earlier about Kyrou and Thomas and yeah, kind of their should... place. Yeah, I, and they, they, I think, uh, I think Justin Scott says something about uh, being disappointed in Kyrou or something along those lines this season. I think, yeah, I've, um, you know, you know what's funny is that last year, if you go back and listen to the shows, and there was one time in particular I remember where Kurt and I got in a huge argument because <laughs> I was saying bench Cairo. Bench yeah, bench yeah, yeah, He's yeah. been bad. He's been bad. Bench him. And I will say <laughs> my reasoning was because, yeah, he's putting up points, but everything else he's doing is fucking awful. I feel the opposite this year. <laughs> like, Let him I play feel like, even though he's played like shit, not putting No, I feel like he actually has not played that bad, but he's not he's, putting, not, he's not playing offensively yeah. enough. He's not his offensive numbers aren't impressive. He's not as impressive in the offensive zone, but he's back checking, he's four checking. He <clears> has <throat> done a lot of the small things he wasn't doing last year. He's just not converting and he's not getting the offensive chances. So right. it's funny because I've kind of taken a, a a 180 with him right now. <laughs> yeah, but if there was one guy on the team I wouldn't want to make that trade, it's Kairu, right? He he could put the puck in the net, and that's one thing we're lacking. And it, to me, the biggest trade-off is his inability Right, or not not the trade off. the The biggest shortcoming this year, his inability to hold on to the puck. Yeah, right? Every yes. time, every time the puck comes to him, it bounces even just a little bit. Most of the time, it's rolling off his stick. But he's got to do something: change sticks, change flexes, put a different tape pattern on something. Yeah, to just change it up. It, yeah, I agree. Right. I, you know, I, he's the kind of guy that I would expect to be one of those, uh, one of the guys that's constantly fiddling with, with equipment, 
but yeah. he doesn't he he actually doesn't seem to be that guy. D, it's funny cuz defense you can tell they have learned to play him tight like you know just, just you know even though he's fast cuz a lot of teams you look at a player like Kairu they're not going to play him tight cuz they're like hey give him the room just stop him as he comes into the zone. Defenses are playing him tight because they know he can't receive passes. He gets yeah. a pass on his stick and it bounces or like you said it kind of pushes forward a little bit. So we're seeing defenders play him pretty tight on the breakout because they're like, if he gets a pass, we've got about a, a split second opportunity to just knock it right back off his stick because it, he's not receiving the pass clean. And it's annoying because the type of player he is, that turns into a great scoring chance typically. Ken Morris says, Kairu has the tools but does not know how to utilize them. It's like owning a Corvette, but using it like a station wagon. <laughs> Comment of the show. That's yeah. Perfect. Uh, we had a station wagon when I was growing up. Wood grain panels and all. Oh, boy. Yeah. We had a white. We actually had a blue one with wood grain panels. Got rid of that. Got a white one with wood grain panels. <laughs> Holiday. Yeah. No green ones, though. No, no family truckster. Hmm. Uh, all right, so next up for the Blues, we got uh, Friday versus New Jersey at 7 o'clock. Saturday versus Montreal at 6, another back-to-back. Uh, Tuesday versus Winnipeg at 7, and they wrap up the home trip. Thursday versus Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> all right, comment of the show right there. <laughs> Thursday versus Arizona at 7 o'clock. So uh, a big sports weekend. Friday and Saturday, you got Blues hockey. You got the St. Louis City playing Sunday night in the must-win game. Against the uh, fuckers from uh, Kansas, I'm very nervous. If, if there's if there's something to be angry about, it's that city performance. That was bad. Oh my! God. It was it was like the Vancouver uh, Blues in Vancouver. A little oh, bit. it was bad. <laughs> no, obviously with way higher stakes. Yeah, the, the the stakes were insane, and I just you know uh, the city played into a trap, and you know I, I'm afraid that Kansas. Kansas City's got the number. Uh, yeah. It's it's going to be it's going to be uh, a terrible, terrible uh, way to end this amazing yeah. season. Yeah, I know. To 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 of all teams to get knocked out by if they if they can't win two straight, Kansas City. Yeah. Uh, you talk about you, okay. You talk about a way for St. Louis fans to finally care about a Kansas City team. Does it? Does yeah. I mean if yeah. if they can't come back against them? Uh, you know, because the Cardinals have not given a shit about the Royals since '85, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know, the Royals fans like it's their World Series every year when they play the Cardinals, right? So, you know, if, if they can't come back to beat the beat the Sporting KC, it's like whoa. You, and after all the season. after all the soccer capital of the world podcast stuff, that yeah, happened, right. Oh boy, oh, man. I mean, they. Can, I mean, they got to win two in a row. I mean, that's not that they can. They're 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 a good team, but holy cow! I mean, can, Sporting KC has been playing well since what the first ten games of the season. Right. They oh, yeah. they lost the first ten, and then they've just been on fire. Best team since May twenty sixth, I think, is yeah. what they were saying. But ugh. Yep. yeah, they didn't score and, a goal for the first what four games, something, yeah, like, that. something like that. Yeah, bad. but I mean, everything seemed to go perfectly for them in, in this great you no know, Johnny Russell and um, I know uh, had uh, what was the other guy who was on the bench and the, the two guys that replace him score you know just 
absolute stunner goals and yeah perfect shots and awful awful defensive coverage so uh, just um i'm i'm definitely nervous about this i also want to bitch about apple tv too because apple tv fucked me over i don't know what happened uh before the game mm. I, about 15 minutes before the game is supposed to start i go to pop it on to, to listen to a little bit of pregame and i had to log in and it said what i'm okay i'll log in and i and and i uh and it wouldn't didn't take my password i'm like well okay i'm not going to get up to go get my to go get my password i'm going to just i'll just reset it here <laughs> so i forgot password i forgot password and i and i went to just and you you can't just I thought I'd get an email with a link saying, you know, create a new password and it'd be applicable. No. Oh, if you click, if you click on if you click on forget password, it'll say it'll say, okay, uh, we've notified support. You'll be contacted in 24 hours uh, about setting up a new password. I'm like, what? And I could not get past that screen. So I had to create a brand new fucking account and fucking pay for it. To watch it, and I'm gonna try and like reverse that, but uh, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's that's me off. Wow. And I'm I'm sorry, I just turned on the Sharks Canucks game again. You want to know what the score is now? Is it ten nothing yet? I'll turn on. It is eight nothing. Oh, mm. oh, Eric, about time Eric, it's eight nothing. Eric, what's going on? <laughs> There's another it's, good uh, major yeah. league quote. Eric, it's ten o'clock. Do you know where your children are? And he hits them. About time it's eight nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god mm, wow i mean i, mm, I you know hey, oh, hey so i mean I, I i i you know i mean this in the nicest way but blues fans just be glad you're not san jose fans yeah right, right. now they're having well, a rough I, I, until until the draft right then you kind of hey, they got out of their contract issues they should i would think start the turn the, they, okay after right. this year the turnaround begins Right, they're they're going full rebuild, right? And yeah. the Blues are not. We're stuck with you know two more years of Nick Letty, Tory Krug, Justin Falk, oh, Colton Pareko, Marco Scandella. Uh, no, <laughs> I know. I, I'm get just out of Scandella after this year, though. And I'm just poking fun. But uh, all right, so I guess right. at this point we're getting into probably tidbits around the NHL. So I'll just yes. briefly mention. Um, we talked a little bit last week about how the Blues defense has looked better. Um, again, you take out that Vancouver game. I think that is still the case. And then a little bit, again, third period of the Colorado game. I still think that's the case. I made a comment on Twitter the other night. I feel like, excuse me, I feel like um, uh, Colton Preco, and I know you guys agree, Colton Preco has played much better this year and looks great. I would even venture to say that I think Colton Pareko, um, Justin Falk, and yes, Tori Krug have been a pretty nice top three. I think the biggest issues with this team, again, outside of the Vancouver game and maybe the third period against Colorado, has been Tucker, Scandella, Letty. Letty has not shown me anything this year. Um, he's been a huge disappointment for me, but... I think Krug, listen, and, and okay, so I think in terms of defense, I'm talking about defense, folks. <laughs> I think Tory Krug has looked a lot better this year. 
Has he still turned the puck over? Sure. Does he have zero points? Yes. But I think defensively, there was a play against Nathan McKinnon last night that he made that I thought, man, that's a great defensive play. He came back on him. He lifted his stick. He kicked the puck away. Yeah, 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 you're right. It was a poke. Yeah, it was a poke check. And I'm like, damn, that's a great play for Tori Krug. And anyone who listens to the shows knows that last year, I said, that dude's dead in the water. Get rid of him. Do whatever you can to get rid of him. Don't even play him. I feel like he's worth playing right now. He's playing physically. He's he's getting in the lanes. He's blocking passes. He's staying with the play. I know he had a rough uh, – he was part of the reason they gave up that first goal. But I feel like he has played a lot better. And I put that on Twitter last night, and oh, my God, the fucking hate that I got. Well, he hasn't uh, scored any fire- points, that, and that, and I will tell you, that is the number one response I get. Yeah. The Blues power play is terrible. He was signed to be a power play quarterback. Um, uh, zero points. He was signed to be an offensive defenseman. I literally had a guy that was like, "Oh, uh, how can you possibly say that? Sit down." And and uh, he's an off. He was signed to be an offensive defenseman. And I'm like, dude, you literally are putting the word defense. In what he is, he is signed. Yes, as an offensive defenseman, but offensive defensemen still have to play defense. And he's like, you don't know what you're talking about. He was signed to score points and quarterback the power play. And I'm like, the power play is a fraction of the game, dude. Like five on five is what they signed him for. They want him to still play defense. Well, he's got zero points. Oh my God. Pay attention to what I'm saying. We're talking about defense here. I feel like, Again, has he been tremendous defensively? No, but no one ever expected that. I just want him to be able to step out there on defense and play semi-well. And I feel like he's done that this year. So I'm just saying, I'm not saying that Tory Krug is gangbusters and is going to be an NHL all-star this year. I'm not saying that. I'm saying overall, I think Tory Krug has played better. And in a season like this, we need to take the small victories. To me, that is a Nine small victory. What? Nine nothing. Is it? Oh my God! Is it really? Jesus. <laughs> so, uh, the thing I was going to add to the the Tory Crew conversation is, you know, this this whole idea at this point of he was signed to be an offensive defenseman. He was signed three years ago. Now we need him to be something different. <clears throat> Right. Yes. We we still need that offensive defenseman, but I think that's got to be Scott Perunovich, and we've yeah. got to start falling in love with that idea. And Baruby's the guy that's going to resist it as long as he can. Um, but it's it's almost moot to talk about why we signed him. Yeah, and 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 honestly, uh, the you know the the power play is an issue. It's one for twenty five, right? Mm-hmm. They've and. It is not helping us win games at all. You know, if we were just at, if we were just at twenty percent on the power play, which is what you hope to be, right? At least, um, what is that? Five? Is that uh, five goals? Four? Yeah. Five, five? Whatever it is. Uh, so, I mean, that's that. That could be an extra win. Or, but and I, would I definitely be a win. I, I don't think that's on Krug. Uh, I don't think that's you can't hang the bad power play necessarily on Krug, even though he's a supposed to be a power play quarterback. Um, I 
there is way too much going on. The power play has looked better since the start of the season. They've had a lot more zone time. They've had a lot more chances. They're just not putting it in. Um, you know, and I think that will hopefully turn around a little bit. Um, but yeah, if you were to ask me, would I rather have Troy Krug play defensively like he did last year while he's putting up, you know, the points we expect, or do I want him to be a responsible defenseman? Uh, I would choose the responsible defenseman, even though this team needs offense, but that's what Prunovich can be for, right? Like you said, right. we've got him to plug in if we want some more offense from, from uh, the defense uh, on the, on the power play. I mean, if, if Krug's playing fine defensively or for the most part, fine defensively, then, you know, give, get Prunovich in there and get him some more playing time and fucking sit Tucker. Um, yeah. I don't understand that. So, I don't, I don't care if Prunovich is a little worse, maybe defensively than Tucker. Um, is he though? I don't know. Well, I don't know. He hasn't played. At, at hasn't this played a point, whole lot. I feel like you can't get much worse than Tucker. Well, he hasn't played a whole lot, so it's really hard to tell. Um, but and I said this last week. I, I think I said this last week that that it's this team. There aren't high expectations for this team, unfortunately, this season. Um. So it's it. What have you got to lose to put Prunovich out there and see what he's got? Um, I don't. I mean, they haven't really said. You know, if if they, you know, oh well, Prunovich, he needs more work doing this, more work doing that. Well, he's not getting the work. He's he's in the press box. Well, you know, he's, he's not. Well, it's like uh, it's like the old adage of um, you know, oh, we we can't hire you because we need somebody with more experience. <laughs> well, I can't get that experience if somebody doesn't hire me. Right. And well, this is a same thing here yeah, with Perunovic. This is a great chance for him to get that experience and that and those minutes and those game situations under his belt to learn from. Right. Now, actual real game God. minutes. For the love so, of God, don't just go 11-7 with Perunovic. Fucking play him. Let yeah, him I know. play some real defensive minutes. What did we say? What did I say last week? I, I said they might go 11-7 and just play pretty much on the power play. Isn't that what I said? I said that. That's, that's I mean, he played what they did. He, he played he, he played a little more. He, I mean, he didn't play a whole lot on the power play, though, which is weird. Uh, what, 30 seconds or something like that? Something like uh, that. I don't know what it was. But uh, he didn't. it wasn't just a power play guy. He played a little bit, like eight minutes or something. It wasn't a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it, I, I, yeah, but he, but they, they went 11, seven for Prunovich and they, they, they didn't play him a whole lot. So no. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'd love to just see, I will tell you this it, with, 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 with the Who president, cares? the precedent that, uh, uh, Baruby has set with, we need more out of him with Verana. If we see Tyler Tucker in the lineup next game, I'm, that might be my first like strike with Baruby and saying you might not last it until 2024 bud like you can't just hold verana uh accountable and then have a guy like tucker who has just gotten walked left and right and just keep him in the lineup like we need more from him baruby we do i mean okay so uh what next game is tomorrow against new jersey at home um what what is and they're this? a fast team. Well, yeah, and the standings look like right now they are New Jersey's uh yeah, five, two, and one. Let's see, they got uh thirty-three goals for, thirty against. So yeah. Yeah, I mean they can eight they're games played. Team. Eight games played, thirty-three goals for. So they 
They score some, they allow some. They're a quick team, and uh, yeah, we need to get some quick defenders out there. I think this is a perfect opportunity to play Perunovic and sit Tucker. Right, they're they're not huge on the front side, so that the whole um, needing to have size on the back end argument is out the door. I think for the next right. two games, right? We got New Jersey tomorrow, Montreal Saturday. Um, biggest guy I can think of on either of these two rosters is uh, Josh Anderson for Montreal. Timo right? Meyer. Yeah. He's pretty big, I guess, but yeah, but yeah. but you got to think that Tucker or Perunovic wouldn't see him anyway. That's going to be Pareko, right? Right, mostly. Right, so perfect, perfect opportunity to give uh, Tucker right. some some time to see how the game flows from the press box. I don't know, but I I mean, if if Perunovic can get some actual ice time and get multiple starts in a row, I'd be like, hey, let's go! All right, let's see him play. Um, all right, rapid fire tidbits. Uh, some more of those. We got the former NHLer Adam Johnson dies after being slashed in the throat. Um, playing while playing for the Nottingham Panthers in England. Uh, it was a freak accident uh, when uh, Sheffield Steelers player Matt Petgrave's skate came across Johnson's neck. Uh, Petgrave had collided with another player, kind of got spun around, and his leg came up in the air, uh, and slit his throat, later killing him. Um, there's witch hunt, not witch hunt, uh, pit, uh, pit, uh, pitchforks and torches are out on uh, social media. Um, talking about manslaughter. Let, yeah. Let's Petgrave. okay. For, first of all, yeah. obviously a major tragedy and in, in RIP to Adam Johnson. Um, but, um, let's talk about that before we get to the next part of this. Did you guys see the play? Yeah. And, um, what do you think? No, I, I mean, I, this is what I think happened. <clears throat> if you're going to ask my opinion, okay, the scenario makes contact with, I guess it was the defender, uh, kind of gets spun around. And I, my thinking is maybe he wants to get a piece of Johnson. <clears throat> so he kind of throws his leg out to try and impede his progress uh, a little bit. And it gets up way higher than intended. And because of the contact, maybe. Um, and it just, I mean, it slices his throat. So I, I don't, to, to say it's intentional, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I mean, you know, you don't know what's going through the guy's mind, but I don't see anything personally that jumps out at me as being intentional. It seems very, you know, just an unfortunate incident. Right. I, I did not seek out the video. Um, you know, I, having uh you know lived through the the clint malarchuk thing uh, when it happened live um i'm i'm not uh, one into to looking at uh you know near death and richard zednick as well yes right I, yep. i'm not 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 into that um it's not like you know it, it from the descriptions I've read and what you guys are talking about, it's not like he stomped on him, right? No, no, he, no, no. he didn't use his knife feet, his knife boots to, to a, like attack the guy, right? It's, it's a freak accident. And, and, and legs it, come up kind right. of often, you know, right. on plays and, like that. Right. A player kind of glances off somebody gets spun around and they, and their legs can come up. Their feet can come up. Yeah, I, I'm 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 100 with what Kurt said because uh, I did see it. Um, I do think he was just trying to. It, it's just one of those situations, and 
and I hate to say this because I did see comparisons. Uh, basically, this player met Petgrave. Uh, Petgrave is uh, similar to a Nazem Kadri type in that league. So I hearing that comparison, I could totally see it's because it's a situation where Johnson's cutting across, Petgrave's coming the other way, collides with another player, and he's just like, oh, I'm going to go down. I'm going to fall. I might as well try and get a piece of Johnson and take him out too as he's carrying the puck across. But I will say, holy mother of God, that I've never seen a, 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 a foot fly up that quickly and that easily. I'm not saying he did it intentionally. I think that's absolutely ludicrous to think a player would do something like that. But I do think it's exactly what you said, Kurt. It was a matter of this guy's coming across. I do everything I can to impede his progress, maybe take him out as I'm going down. It'll look like an yeah. accident. No big deal. But, oh, man, it's, he has got to be more careful with that foot. It's oh, a, man. It's a you know contact sport, high-speed contact sport. Um, and it's, you, it's amazing to me that there aren't more deaths. Yes. Professional yeah. hockey. And that's, and that's, and that's what, you know, kind of sparks this neck guard debate now that's, that's come up where uh, the Western hockey league announced Wednesday that they were going to make neck guard protection mandatory for all players. Hockey shops are selling out of neck guards all over right now. The Pittsburgh Penguins are making neck guards mandatory for all of their players at the minor league level and are also urging their NHL players to wear them. And this is all coming after um, this incident, which and that what Pittsburgh is doing is interesting to me is that they're they're making all the minor league players wear it, but but they're just encouraging or urging I, the well, pro I players to wear them. I wonder if that's a CBA thing. Uh, they may, can't make their can't, players wear. Uh, them. that's possible. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was. That thinking. and it's a uh, we have Sidney Crosby on our team. We're not going to force him to do anything he doesn't want to yeah. do. But, but you know what though? Um, the have you? I just saw this. Uh, it, was, it was a guy shared on Reddit. TJ Oshie, I didn't know he had a War Road brand of. Yeah, um, uh, he wore uh, it tonight. Yeah, and it's cut resistant. They have cut mm-hmm. resistant clothing as part of the line of, of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's expensive. It's 200 bucks for a cut resistant long sleeve shirt with a neck guard on it. Um, and, and it's like material. It's not like a thick thing. Yeah. Uh, it's just like material that is like a cut resistant. Um, and I guess the idea is, you know, it, it, it may, you know, it's not going to, it's not like it's thick padding where it's going to like absorb the blow. It's just going to prevent your neck from being sliced open or hopefully prevent yep. your neck from being sliced open. If it right. hits it's, I think it's a brilliant design. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. And I would wear it easily. I, I mean, in the NHL, there's no question. I mean, I'm making good money. I'm, I'm spending 200 bucks on uh, a few of those uh, for the season, right? The, the, if you tell, if the whole team went to the organization, let's say the St. Louis Blues, all the players go to the organization, go to Doug Armstrong. Hey, we all want to wear this wear, uh, War Road brand, buy all of these shirts. They'll yeah. do it. Spend five grand. It. Spend five grand and 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 outfit us right because yeah, they they make they make stuff for your legs, uh, for your you know, uh, cuffs right. down into your gloves. So the cut resistant uh, socks have been around for for quite a few years now. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I I mean I'm I'm I kind of surprised that that's not standard outfitting. Yeah. I NHL. listen. I mean again. What, not to plug too much another podcast, but Doug Stolhan and I got a, a long talk about this on this week's Puck Podcast, and uh, um, we both are under the same mind. Sounds like you guys are too. That it's like okay, the debate, you know, 
full face guards. Will the NHL one day have full face guards? I don't think so. Uh, it will be mandatory. No, I don't think so. But and and the the the, the talk is like players don't want it. Uh, it's restrictive, which I agree. I've played with full face guard. I played with the visor. It's restrictive. Your your viewing oh, is restricted. Oh yeah, it is. Yeah. But like, man, I got to tell you, with a neck guard, those aren't that restrictive. Especially it's if it's just a, the material. It's not. Yeah. I I can understand. Like okay, like. When I first heard neck guard, I was thinking like the goalie neck guards, like that you know, you guys they were oh, thicker, yeah. right? They were thicker. Oh, and looks, I can, it looks like a turtleneck. Yeah, well, it's, but, it's, but it's thick and it's padded, and it's like, okay, I can see that being restrictive for a skater if they may not want to wear that. I I I get the idea of not wanting to wear it because of it's restrictive, even though it might protect you. I, I get the the conflict there. Uh, but uh, but with with this just material, it, it looks like it's thin, really flexible, like a shirt. But it's cut resistant. I mean, why wouldn't you wear that? Yeah, I'd wear that. And and apparently it's long sleeved or it's yep. cut resistant along the wrist too. All the way down your wrist, yeah. In, I, in your glove. I yeah. think I've told the story on the show before. There was a time where I went down, I fell down in the corner, my arm just kind of flopped out, and I saw a guy coming and he was stepping to turn. And I even thought, I'm like, this is where I get my wrist cut here. Like, I'm going to die. This is where I die. And he last minute stopped his foot from stepping and then, like, turned himself the other way and crashed his fucking whole body into the boards oh. just to resist, like, sure. hitting me. And I, like, got up right away. And I, like, I didn't even care about what was going on in the play. And I just, like, tapped him on the oh, shoulder. I'm like, dude, Boom. you might have just saved my life. Thank you. Like, that's incredible. And it's like, I thought at that point, I'm like, why am I, I'm playing fucking beer league. Why am I not wearing fucking wrist protection? Like, mm-hmm. why not? Well, uh, Bill, you, uh, you, uh, you were there, right? When the Cahokia incident where the guy yeah, yeah. had his wrist yeah. uh, stepped on and, and yeah. blood was everywhere. Yeah. Oof. Captain yeah. Kirk, Chris yeah. Kirk, he, the, uh, the guy, um, I think I've told the story on, on oh, the, the podcast before. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, uh, it was an early Saturday game, um, uh, Springfield had come down to play and, uh, just a, a weird play. Uh, Chris fell at the blue line and, uh, there's this tall rangy dude cutting across, uh, the blue line and tried to jump and didn't jump high enough and yeah, right across his wrist. Cool. Uh, starting quarterback for Cahokia High, Valedictorian, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, all that stuff, and poof, that that you know, put a damper on the football season. I, it's interesting. Um, I think a lot of people uh, who are up in arms about wanting everything, all this neck, these neck guards to be mandatory. Um, no one has ever died on the NHL ice from a stick blade, uh, from a skate blade to the neck or a skate blade to the wrist. Hasn't happened. Um, yes, incidents have happened in other leagues, uh, lower level leagues or whatever. Uh, but NHL, no. And I think a lot, some lower leagues do require uh, uh, net guards and things like that. So uh, apparently NHL, youth hockey requires it now. Who, who does? Youth hockey. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think, I think, I don't know if this is. Um, like the pendulum swinging pretty far the other way. Like a, I wouldn't call it an overreaction. I would, because it's de- I'm definitely for neck guards. If my kids were playing, I, they'd be wearing this stuff. Uh, but um, I'm, 
I don't know if people understand how rare it is that this kind of thing happens, even though we almost have a story uh, from it happening. But uh, maybe maybe I'm uh, maybe it happens more than I'm aware too. Maybe you don't hear about it, all this stuff. So are you against uh, uh, them putting on neck guards? No, I'm not against. No. That. I said no. I'm I'm all, I'm all in favor of it. Um, but I, I I think there are a lot of people who are up in arms about it and demanding it when I'm not. Sh- I don't. I'm not sure if they understand how rare it is that it happens. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to understand both sides. And I'm like, yes, I'm all in favor of wearing protective equipment, especially if it's not restrictive in any way, which uh, the war road stuff does seem to be like stuff like that. Um, That seems like a no brainer, obviously. Yeah. But on, on this same thing, you know, it is really rare for someone to suffer a cut, and uh, one, this is the first person, right, that has died uh, due to a, well, the first person, what, who used to, okay, Masterson died on the ice, so it was a head injury, mm-hmm. uh, but no one has died on the ice from a skate cut. Um, I My so. only counter to that would be one time is I too know. many times. I know. Right. And, I know. and you I know, know what, I think Masterson, he, yeah, it, it didn't lead to, at that point, helmets being mandatory, but I'm sure oh, that happened? started it. Yep. What happened, what happened to Friedman? He just took what? off the ice like something bad happened. Oh, he's cut. Puck something happened. Ooh. Oh, God. Ooh, it's, it broke oh, the helmet. Oh, the puck right in the face. Yeah, you can see something. It, it shattered the mask. Oh, Ooh, he's pissed, too. Yeah, it did. I Ooh. hope. His eyes are open. Okay. He looks. I mean, he it's he got mouth, off on his own will and author knows, right? That Ooh, shield, no. might, that shield might have saved his eyes. Yeah. Oof. Whatever. Oh. Something popped off that helmet. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they're scraping it up now, along with some blood. Ooh. Oh, man, that's nasty. Oh. As we're talking about, as we're talking about players bleeding on the ice, right? Yeah, right. Uh, and I, I don't even know where I'm going with that. Really, it's just that I think I, I don't know people who it is rare. It, it, let's not act like it happens all the time. It is rare for something that serious to happen, but yeah. it does happen. But, so I think, and I, and I'm all for it, it, if if you were to ask me, should the league make it mandatory? I'd say, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, why not? You know, especially if it's not cumbersome, like just I would just track a war road and make the players wear it. I was gonna say, I would just think the like, look at Oshi tonight, already putting it on tonight and saying, This is, uh, you know what, I've, I've invested in this, I'm wearing it tonight. And I think it should just be honestly on the players, just be like, This is the right call. Go to the NHL, say, Hey, I know this again, I think it might be a CBA thing. Say, You know what, we're willing to waive that shit. Everybody should be wearing these. Here's the deal, though, and I'm all for it. You know what? I bet you. So players are required to wear a certain brand undergarments, right? Under their under their jerseys and equipment. Mm. So why couldn't the NHL just sign a deal with a protective, you know, uh, cut resistant uh, fabric company like War Road or whatever? And I think right now all their undergarments, all their undergarments are, I believe, supposed to be supplied by Fanatic, but the way that that players get by is same thing with sticks. You know, like uh, I know Brett Hall, what he had an East, he had a, what an Easton stick uh, at the end of his career, but he liked the warrior stick so much that he just wrapped it with an Easton wrap. 
um, because that way he was because he was sponsored by Easton. You can get around that too. You know, if you want to say like, oh yeah, this is a fanatic undergarment, but it's actually War Road. As long as you slap a fanatic thing across it for interviews, I don't think anybody would care. Um. All right. Let me move on to the uh, senators. Yeah. Well, the, that's a whole mess. Yeah, and there's a lot here, but I don't think we have to talk about a lot of it. Just the senators have failed, uh, have forfeited a first round draft pick for screwing up the trade uh, of of Evgeny uh, Dadnov back in 2021 when they traded him to the Anaheim Ducks, which caused an issue in 2022 when the Ducks tried to trade him to the Knights. That's backwards. They traded him to the Knights, and the Knights tried to trade him to the Ducks. Trust me. It's, sure? That's correct. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was the Knights that tried to trade him to the Ducks. Okay. Yep. The – okay, you're right. Yeah, because the – but the one nice – okay, it is backwards. Uh, my bad. Um, so the issue surrounded Dadnov's limited – let's see if this was right. The rest of this is right then. Uh, he had a limited no-trade clause in his contract, which he signed in October of 2020 with the Senators. The clause indicated that Dadnov couldn't be traded without first submitting a 10-team no-trade no trade list. The Ducks were on a previously submitted no-trade list to Ottawa, but when the Golden Knights traded uh, for Dadnov in 21, there was no mention of the trade protection on the trade call with the Senators and the NHL. Therefore, it was not acknowledged when Vegas completed the trade with Anaheim. Ottawa will forfeit its first round draft pick in one of the uh, 24, 25, or 26 initial drafts. The uh, Senators will make that determination within 24 hours of the conclusion of the draft lottery that season. Um, a lot of people comparing this to the Blackhawks covering up uh, the uh, sexual misconduct. Uh, yep. <laughs> and $2 million how, dollar fine. how the Blackhawks were basically a slap on the wrist, uh, weren't hardly penalized at all. Um, and Ottawa for this loses the first round draft pick. And then people are saying, well, if Chicago was forced to lose their first round draft pick, uh, that may have resulted in them not being able to draft Bedard if well, they were forced to pick him to, to waive this year's first round pick because the year after the sexual misconduct thing, the Hawks didn't have a first round pick, I believe. Right. So, yep. yeah. And that was, that was the <laughs> argument I saw somebody try to make yeah. a Blackhawks fan that was right. like, well, they would have lost the pick the year before. And I'm like, you didn't have a fucking pick the year right. before. And so the, yeah, the thing is though, that they gave Ottawa the choice of three years. They may have given Chicago the same. So they obviously wouldn't for, pick. To me, know. it would have been the sexual assault. You're losing your next first round pick. We yeah. I know where you finish. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. So, there, I mean, yep. in, a, but, in, a, in, a, in a, in a, in a appropriate situation, the NHL would have made them lose draft picks and the, they wouldn't have. The, okay. I a hundred percent agree with all that. I think Blackhawks got off easy. It's bullshit, but that might be a conversation at a time. My issue here is why is the onus on Ottawa? Why is Ottawa in trouble for this? To me, the golden Knights, you had a year to and and yes, maybe the gold, maybe the senators did not disclose this to them. Wrong for them, but to me, you had Dadnoff on your roster for a full fucking year, and you're going to basically tell them, basically, basically, that there's no onus on the Golden Knights because you're telling me not once in that year did they talk to Dadnoff and say, "Hey, 
is there anything with your contract we should know? Um, you're telling me they never talked to his agent. Like, hey, we just got your guy. Anything we should know about this guy? Or the fact well, that when they get a player, they get the contract. So you yeah. didn't have anybody just go through legally that contract, see if there's any, like, hey, when is this bonus due to him? Um, are we expected to to incentivize him? Like, if he gets so many goals, he gets a bonus. Unless, like, none of that was reviewed by the Golden Knights. Unless it's, yeah, well, we don't know the exact process and how things are disclosed. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, you would think you'd have your people, your lawyers go over contracts, right? But, you know, there could be a thing where something is filled out to list, you know, um, stipulations within the contract. And if it was omitted or not included, uh, you know, purposely or not, then, you know, maybe maybe that. It, I, it all depends on how it went down, if you ask me. I agree with you uh, on the surface because it's like, why isn't, you know, why, why aren't the teams doing their homework? when they require a player or before they acquire a player. So, yeah, I, I don't know. That's, that's kind that's, of my it's, point. It's, it's goofy. It, no, I agree with you. You got to, you got to have some kind of, uh, and, and again, if you wanted to, if you wanted to um, say, okay, we're going to punish the senators and the golden Knights, both of you fucked up. So if that were the case, I'd be okay with it. But the fact that it's just, no, nah, the golden Knights didn't do anything wrong. They had this guy under contract for a year. That never came to any kind of head of like before, you know, we might trade him at the trade deadline in a couple months. Let's look at his contract and make sure there's nothing weird we missed. Well, none of that. Well, I I mean, obviously the Golden Knights felt they were wronged, right? Because so that's, I mean, that you would think because the Golden Knights, if the if the Golden Knights did their due diligence and there were and everything they were supposed to do traditionally in a trade, and something wasn't disclosed in the paperwork that they were given uh, that said he had no trade clause, you know, you would think that first round draft pick would go to Vegas, like it did with the Scott Stevens bullshit and this Jennahan bullshit when we lost our first round draft picks, right? So I mean, who who gets that pick? Nobody just goes to 31 picks on that roster, that draft. See, see, why wouldn't Vegas get that? Pick? I hate Vegas, but why wouldn't they get that pick? Because if, if, if something was it's not compensatory, well, but I mean, but they were going to trade him, but they weren't. If, if Ottawa fucked up, then they fucked up and it hurt Vegas, but it didn't hurt them to the tune of a first round draft pick. They weren't getting a first round draft pick for getting no, no, but so why should they get a first round draft pick for Evgeny Dadinov if that's why, not what they were going well, for? Why, why would, why should, uh, uh, was it Washington get uh, five first round draft picks? <clears throat> no, the, the NHL <laughs> network is, is, has always been and is, will always be an old boys thing, right? And, you know, my my take from an outsider perspective here is that uh, Dorian is a pretty universally disliked figure. Um, and it gave the new ownership an opportunity to can his ass right away for yeah. cause. 
and you know they were happy with it you know the the nhl got to flex a little with uh you know imposing a penalty for for a team engaging in i don't know i'd say minor misconduct yeah um you know to me it, it's it seems like it's it it's got to be a uh a clerical kind of issue right in and, right. and really right. you know to, to jeff's point how are teams not analyzing the entire contract of an incoming yeah. player to me to right. me vegas looks bad here yeah. they, they, they should be embarrassed uh, I, I mean ottawa fucking up and not disclosing something that's one thing but you're acquiring an asset and you don't even know if the guy has a no trade clause fucking we know who has no trade clauses on cap friendly. I mean, come on. That's what I said on the puck podcast. I'm like, the fact that I'm sitting in my basement in St. Louis, and I can tell you if this player has a no trade clause, that should tell me that the golden Knights didn't do their fucking work. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's it's a topic of interest. It's a pretty common thing that you want to know with every player. So it's, Oh man, man, they, they, they slowed it down. Yeah, they did. Why do they show that? Oh, he's back on the bench. Yeah, I guess that's why. Man, he was. Uh, I guess his the, him. yeah, the visor got him uh, right on the, the, on the cheek, the, the, the cheekbone. Yeah. Oof. Oh, Lee, under the eye, oh, an inch, half. It's ten to one. Ten to one. And ten Thatcher goals on Dem- thirty-three shots. <laughs> Holy cow! That is. Thatcher Demko actually complained that he wanted a, a challenge after Did he really? uh, <laughs> after the one goal. Goalie's gonna goalie. He got bubbed, but it was right. his defenseman's fault. So the Heritage Classic took place on Sunday with the Oilers beating the Flames five to two. Uh, the uh, j- jerseys are something we love to talk about on the show, and uh, Heritage Classic jerseys are are uh, always uh, a topic of discussion. So we got to. Uh, well, I don't have them on screen to show you, but if you've seen the uh, Oilers and Flames uh, Heritage Classic jerseys, you know what they look like. Um, Edmonton incorporated some brown and the brown pants, brown gloves. Uh, and Calgary uh, kind of went pretty clean and simple, I guess you'd call it. Uh, the C's there with a circle around it and Calgary Flames inside the circle. What do you guys think of these? Mm. Uh, yeah, I'll do this relatively quickly because uh, yeah. it is pretty late here. Um, I love them both. I think they both look great. Um, I think at first I love the Oilers one more, um, but I think over time I've I've kind of adopted Calgary more. I like that uh, they got that that same off white color that the Blues had in theirs, um, and I just it's just a classic look. Both are my issue with the Oilers jersey, and I have said this before on the show. Numbers belong on the sleeves in the back. That's it. And they had to incorporate the number in the oil drop in the middle. And I just, I hate that. If it wasn't for that, that would be one of my favorite jerseys from any outdoor game. But that putting the number in the the oil drop, totally unnecessary, takes me out of that jersey. Still looks good. It's a nice classic look too. But uh, yeah, that's the one thing on that jersey that I would definitely change. Yeah, and to me, um, yeah, I, I agree completely with that. Um, looks good except for bringing the number onto the front. Um, the flames, not enough yellow. I like it. I like the simplicity yeah. of it, but not enough yellow. I uh, So, yeah, being a visual guy, um, the Edmonton jersey... Um, I think they came close to 
to doing something really, really good here. Uh, and but I'll tell you what, what misses the mark for me personally is that banner under the oil doesn't do it for me. I'm not. It, it's it's big. It's like my eyes go right to the banner for some reason. I don't like it. I think it might look better. I'd love to play around with this on that on that jersey software I have. But to take the banner off and just have the Edmonton Oilers text in white, uh, maybe a little smaller too, under the oil drop. Yeah, I agree with you, Jeff. Take the number off the oil drop. That's dumb. Uh, you know, your player's number doesn't belong in the logo on the chest. That's stupid. Um, and what bothers me is the C over the lines on the shoulder. Yeah, that's I, I I don't like it when teams do that. I mean, um, it's like it's it, it always looks like oh fuck we forgot about the C's and the A's. On the jersey, you know we got. Well, we and, and on that jersey, the the C, there's plenty of room for the C to just sit in the blue. Yeah, yeah, I know. It, it would it, the C would look so much. You you take that banner away, you make the Edmonton Oilers text a little smaller, and there's all kinds. There's a C of blue there for that C to go in. A C of blue for the C. Um, I like the incorporation of the brown. I dig it. Um, that's cool. Uh, old school throwback. I like it. But uh, the, I'm not I'm not a fan of the banner. The the Calgary Flames jerseys. Um, they did the stripes right, and I think the uh, Calgary should pat themselves on the back because they rarely get stripes right on the jerseys. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> they they not they, the stripes are on point. They are the stripes kick ass. Uh, they look really good, and uh, I don't know, maybe a little overly simple, but I do like it. Um, I almost want to do something different with the circle. I don't know. It looks kind of. I agree with you, Bill. More yellow, maybe some yellow stripes. Like like the bottom there, the 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 red, yellow, red, yellow, red, maybe instead of red, white, red, white, red. I don't know. Um, it'd be fun to play with to, to kind of incorporate some more yellow into those things. But uh, yeah, I much better than some other uh, outdoor games that I've seen for sure. Uh, but uh, they're they're pretty good. I I put them. Yeah, I give them. A, I give as a whole. I would give this set. Um, if you want to call the entire thing a kit for both teams, uh, I'd give it a B plus. Yeah, for, I'm for with me. you for me. Yeah. Uh, all right. I think, uh, yeah, we can wrap the show up because this show is taking, man, we're going on long two show two and a half right now. Mm. Yep. Woo. We're to a whole nother day. What are we doing? Jesus Christ. Yep. No one's mm-hmm. here. We have, we have more listeners now than we did like an hour ago though. <laughs> <laughs> some people can't sleep uh all right uh support for let's go blues radio is brought to you in part by id life the world's only truly personalized vitamin platform based on a health assessment of your dna visit rock and for more information that's rock and and get 10 percent off by emailing dustin at rock and at gmail.com and time let's go blues radio sent you and mike Burgoyne from real brokerage realty uh, visit Mike. Uh, call Mike today for all of your home buying and selling needs. That's uh, strike with Mike. You can. <laughs> I'm fucking this. Thing. Wow. <laughs> I, well, I, I I got it worded differently, and I wanted I was going to incorporate the phone number, and I didn't. So uh, uh, Mike's number is three one four seven five three four zero six zero. So uh, call Mike today, and for all of your home buying and selling needs in the St. Louis area, that's strike with Mike. Uh, Centerized Brewery, St. Louis's tasty hockey-themed beer. Check out your local beer vendors for availability. 
That's Center Ice Brewery Beer. Please drink responsibly. That is the worst closing I've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to stay up all night re-recording. Oh, my God. Yep. I may have to. Yeah. Uh, that'll wrap up Episode 4 of Season 13 of the original St. Louis Blues Hockey Podcast. Let's go, Blues Radio. Thanks for listening, and thanks to those who participated in the YouTube and Facebook live chats during the live show. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. For Jeff Ponder, Bill Day, and Austin Lynch. <laughs> And Ron Burgundy. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Kurt Price. Until next time, everyone. uh, Let's go city. Let's go blues. Let's go city and blues. Let's go city. Let's go blues. Any questions? Uh, The Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. I want you to have a heart attack and die so that we never have to do this shit again. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues, St. Louis Blues, have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? They've only just begun, they're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis Blues. Blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friend.